Welcome back to uh, our live coverage of NAB 2011. This is Alex sitting for Leo. Leo is, I think he's back in Petaluma now, relaxing, taking a little bit of a break. Soon I will be in Petaluma taking a little bit of a break, but we're here and we've got David Pito. David, tell us about what you do. Uh, sure, I'm, uh, I'm the CEO at a company called A-Frame, A-Frame.com. We're basically uh, the world's first entirely distributed, entirely massively powerful, massively unlimitedly scalable, but as easy to use as Facebook online video production platform. So that's a lot. That's a lot in one say in one go. Believe me, we've been going for about we've been two years. We've been live for about five months. Uh, we still have trouble describing what we are. It's like our biggest nightmare. But we've got a little time, so, so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to lay it out for me exactly what do you, how does this actually work? Sure. Basically, what we do is um, you uh, the big problem for the industry at the moment, right, is they're all gone tapeless. They're all shooting masses and masses and masses of data. It's going everywhere. They basically at the moment have to spend a fortune to try and sort all this out. You've got to buy servers, you've got to have tech staff, everything else that goes with it. What A-Frame does is it allows you uh, to basically plan a production all through the web. You can have a team that's based anywhere in the world. Uh, you can collaborate together on that. Then basically you can suck up into A-Frame via our network of kind of upload points or from wherever you are unlimited amounts of now when you say upload points what do you mean uh, basically we have uh, literally like you used to drop your photos off like to get them developed right? right we have locations in the UK with super fast fiber lines mm -hmm. right where basically you can drop off your drive or your tape or whatever else you want we then bring all that up into a frame so we handle all the big major production formats so MXF and all those things um, and we can store terabyte after terabyte after terabyte after terabyte for you right it's unlimited and then we take that and then we put web proxies of it mm -hmm. so they basically you can be on the beach, on the set, in the office, you can be on your iPad, your iPhone, at home. You can then work with that footage, you can then share it with other members of your team, again, who could be based anywhere globally, right. your clients, your partners, whatever you want to do with it. We then and they can annotate it, they can go up there exactly and, and, and add insane. all the notes, all yeah, the notes. We do, we do this a lot, because we, we shoot all over the world, yep. and we have, we, this is exactly a problem that we have, so Great. I totally understand hey, what, you're, so I know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> So the um, the issue is is that we you know uh, last week we were shooting here yep. we were shooting here Paris yep. uh, Seychelles yep. were you know and we're and so the issue is then we have to get all that stuff in we have to edit it we have to figure out what we're going to use what we're not going to use yeah. uh, and and it is it is and, and our and the people who are actually working on the projects can be in three or four continents yep. at a time uh, now how do they get that data back down is that just something you, we give them access as a team member yeah and they basically can it's it? like it's literally like adding it's it's designed and the big thing I want to love to talk about here is basically the blatant lack of UI design in this industry but the uh, it's like using Facebook it's really really simple so you're you started that project you maybe got two or three of you working on it you want someone else to have access Right. If you search through the A-Frame database, you find them, you add them, then they've got access, then they can download, they can share and do those kind of things. Now, is there a client area that you can that is kind of a shiny place that you can let your clients see what, what they should see? Yeah, exactly. So basically, you can limit what they see. So basically, for example, if you want someone to share a few clips with someone or you want to take a look at it, you can literally just select those bang in their email, they then get a lovely shiny web page where it all plays, there's none of this FTP stuff, uploading, downloading passwords that don't work, it's guaranteed to play, and they can see it, and then if they want to comment back, they can literally sign in, like one click, they can do it, or they can just watch it. So you have a choice exactly how much and how little these guys see. I mean, the big thing with, with that is obviously, find you've got all your media up in the... It, I hate to use the word cloud because we're not a cloud. This isn't Amazon S3, right? This is right. an entirely owned stack by us in our own data centers. But um, uh, you can then obviously work with that. But then also you've got the thing of trying to find it. Yeah. Yeah. 
massive nightmare. So, and logging, you know, that thing of sitting there going, right, this is the clip here and this is the clip there. And like, none of, I can guarantee probably none of your team like doing it. If you say, hey, you're doing logging well, the problem today. is, is that if you, bring, if, you, uh, if you want to pay someone 15 bucks an hour, you get someone who doesn't have the experience to log it correctly. Exactly. And you pay them 50 bucks an hour, and they do, but it's really expensive. expensive. And they don't want to do it. Exactly. So what we've done, actually, is we've built um, teams of loggers back in the UK at the moment who are absolutely amazing but obviously you're talking about people who are trained up etc what we've done is you look to the way that metadata is done and we've built a way that allows us to add it in real time and faster in some cases wow. so where you get your saving is the fact that we're able to get through it really 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 fast and we can get 10 times more keywords on any click given clip than currently can be done we get it on five layers so we get it on a technical, it's an exterior daytime wide angle shot that you've got there, it's in Boston, the characters, the, what they're doing, any objects, any dialogue, the whole thing. And what we do is how we know what you're making, right, because that's the first thing, is how the hell do these guys know what you've shot, right? When you're building stuff and making stuff on A-frame, all the really important documents that currently end up on your hard drive scattered all around the place, right? They get lost, someone leaves, right, they work off the one that's too old. You put all those in A-frame, what we do first of all is we crunch them down and we make that metadata for you so everything you do is automatically searchable and adding value to your content but if you give us access to add the metadata our teams get those documents so they know who your characters are probably know what the synopsis is they know what you're trying to achieve yeah but then while they're doing it you can actually watch the metadata being added live from wherever you are in the world right in real time so when a frame is running and you kick off your metadata in the bottom corner of your screen now this is after you shot it and you yeah, upload. after you showed it, uploaded, yeah. Because, I mean, it seems like you could almost... One of the things that, that, that we've done uh, on, uh, on a couple of film sets is that we've um, started to take witness cameras, but also the tap. Yep. So we'll take the camera tap, and we will stream that over the web. Yep. So what we started doing is we started taking that... Uh, we started taking it in and just simply streaming it to some iOS devices. Yep. You know, you just kind of just on the Wi-Fi. Yep. So anybody in the set can sit there and pop open their iPad or iPhone and just watch it, because we were tired of everyone crowding around the video village. Exactly. So you're like, okay, we don't, you don't have to do that. You just type in this code and type in another code and then you can watch the video. Yep. And, and, they, and, the, um, and, and that worked great. Uh, and then, of course, you end up with producers who want to see it in their uh, living room in LA. Yep. So then we started doing that. Now, one of the things is, is it seems like if we had time code yep. um, there, we could stream it to you. Yep. And then you could be annotating that yep. while we're shooting it. Exactly. And then simply, and then we could give you the tape and then re. Yeah, we and could then re match it up. You match, match it up, it up later. Yep, exactly. so, so that as soon as you get the tape, all you're doing is digitizing it and reattaching all exactly. the data. Exactly. And that's the thing is we're getting a lot of interest. It's really disappointing I can't announce it because it's not signed yet, but there's a big sports franchise based in Europe which is kind of similar to one in the US where basically we're just finishing up and they're going to be filming they film it and they put it onto broadcast television and sports is a big challenge because this isn't when we do film we have one two I mean if it's a huge effect shoot maybe we'll have six cameras going yeah, yeah. blowing something up they have but most of the time it's one or two cameras maybe yeah. three cameras and uh, sports is like yeah we Camera 16, yeah. camera 18. So they're, they're pulling a lot of data. A in. lot of data in. So basically what they've got on the set, they've got a streaming partner who converts it for them anyway, right? right? Which they don't do a lot with at the moment. So that blasts into A-frame. Our guys are sat 
live logging this stuff. So it's a, it's, I can't say what it is because it'll give it away, but some such happened, such and such has done it, such and such did it, right? That's live back straight into A-frame. It's instant. The whole thing about us is we're real time, right? So there's no yeah. wait for stuff. It just happened. And then they've got a guy on set, right, who's got A-frame open and is just going, okay, that bit, that bit, that bit, that bit, that bit, bang. Now let's send this to Twitter. Let's send this to Facebook. Let's do you know, So let's start doing our kind of, hey, watch this because this has just now, happened. Do you have tools that are available to actually do assemblies? Inside the system, what we what we limit ourselves to is we basically limit ourselves to kind of a drag and drop style. Okay, this clip, then this clip, then this clip, then this clip, right? So basically, you can search through the metadata, find your stuff, and you put it into a collection. It's kind of like a, a Lightroom collection, right? Mm -hmm. Or a bin for the editor. And you can drag and drop an order, right? We're bringing in a couple of new things, more like mark in, mark out, being able to choose the sections. But where, where we see editing today is that online editing is really going great guns. It's getting there, right? Mm -hmm. And we're partnering up with some really exciting people that you can literally just switch on online editing. But we know that basically all the guys here and everyone else, they want to be in a final cut. They want to be in an avid. They want to be in well, a premiere. Do, but, but a lot of times what happens is, is that you want to, you're trying to throw something together. Oh, sure. And, and, and it's not something, you're, it's not going to be the, the final edit, but it's yep. like we're going to collect all the clips that we want. Yep. We are going to set some rough in and out points with a head and tail of, yep. of 16 to 20 frames. Sure. And we just, or, or more. Yep. And, and we just want to kind of group them all together. Like we're going to go from here to here to here. Yep. And, then you, and then the editor is going to then, I mean, what, again, for us, what we've done a lot is we, we, we get these proxies, yep. and I'll be on a plane, and I'll tie that all back together. Yep. And then I'll hand it to the editor and go, well, that's where I wanted it to go. And then the editor's going to uh, bring all that data online. They're not going to bring it all online. Yep. They're going to bring just the, the, the clips that I gave them. Yep. And then they're going to tighten all of that up. Yep, exactly. And that's how, what it, how it works, basically. So, so the pro guys who are going to do your fine cut and your online and everything else, yep, right. they're going to be in one of those systems. So, and if, they're on a, if we're all in A-frame, yeah, I, I, I can cut my files, yep. hand it to them, yep. And then they're going to be able to just download exactly. from Exactly. So what we do is we work, we've got our biggest successes are obviously in like the big heavy duty factual type shows, right? So they're shooting 500, 600 hours, right? So we take in all those 500, 600 hours and we've got a big show going through at the moment that's doing just this. We take it all in, we transcode it all down one automatically to a web proxy so you can play with it. But then you can set an edit proxy, right? So basically it blasts through and takes, say, maybe you've got a whole load of beautiful 100 megabit files, right? And let's make that a five megabit, much lower data rate file, yep. You then suck down all of that stuff or however much you need really quickly down your broadband connection, right? Because you, you don't, you know, you don't need to work at top res when you're doing your offline. You can cut, 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 right? And then basically you just upload this one little tiny file from the Avid, goes back into A-Frame, everyone goes, right, you've used just these bits. We collect those automatically. We then transcode those to whatever full res you want if you don't want to work with the original, and then you bring down just the bits you need. So the thing for a lot Which of the- key, because when you're shooting 500 to one, you don't want to deal with 500 no, to one. You Because most of that footage, you're never going to use. No. It's never going to see. Maybe, it's some, maybe someday we'll go back and use it for the behind the scenes. Yeah. But outside of that, you're not, it's, it's all kind of a waste. Exactly. You know, and, and so you needed to shoot it because you needed you know, to do the coverage. Yeah. But you don't know if you're ever going to, you know, you're never going to go through that. And the reality is, is, I mean, I worked on a pretty large feature film. Mm. Uh, and we, were, we edited the entire film in AVR6. Right. You know, and so it, it is... Uh, when you th there's a lot of people get obsessed with I want to edit the full res yeah. you know and, and what well, you I do was, need I to do is you need to check it for are there any problems with it exactly. is it in focus yeah. is it a, you know because that's the one thing sometimes when you get it compressed you don't yeah. know yeah 
but but for the most part, you can tell whether that's a good take or not. Exactly. Um, but 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 you you always are using just a fraction yeah. of what you're shooting. Well, the thing is, I used to be one of those big advocates, right? I, I built a big facility with my co-founders in London, which was basically it was one of the first all Mac, all HD, all the full, you know, and it was online, right? We weren't doing offline. It was called Unit, and it was a massive success, top ten in the industry within two and a half years. Cool, right? right? But it was, and we were all pushing the hey, edit full res, go 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 go, right? Um, which is great when you were in the facility, right? right? Because we had the power to do that, right? But all the guys who were coming to us, and these are big clients, were in a total mess by the time they arrived, yep, because they had all this stuff, and they wanted to work on it in the office, or they wanted to cut it on the set and all that kind of stuff, right? So what we say is, fine, you're in your office somewhere, you might be down a consumer broadband connection, right? You haven't got a 100 megabit line or whatever. Right suck down all those proxies, cut in your office, cut wherever you like, cut on the train, yep, and then upload the file and then the facility that you're going to for your online. Who's got the 100 megabit connection yeah, exactly. or the one Just gig goes connection. Blam, right? Gets that hour, two hours of beautiful high res down really, really quickly and off they go. So the first time you've actually got this kind of promise of this tapeless world, right? That the manufacturers have done a really good job well, of and, selling and, us. And, well, and the other thing is, is the tapeless is about because of the uh, the troubles in Japan, yeah. you know, a, a lot of companies that we're talking to are now talking about going tapeless yeah. instead of three to five years, three to five months, because yeah. you can't buy the tape stock anymore. Nope. You know, and that's, that, that's become, so this is accelerating this whole process and then, dramatically. And then, the, and then the thing is, is when they look into it, right, basically you have, um, you have only, we want to do it yourself, you, if you're doing it properly, and one, you want to be insured, which is a huge problem that the industry's really not facing up to yet. And how are you, uh, so this is the thing, so I'm handing you all my data. Yeah, exactly. And I, now, what is that? Uh, what is the redundancy that you have built yeah. in to make sure that I'm not? Is it multiple location? Multiple, multiple location and multiple copy and multiple redundant, right? So basically, if you if I said to you, you say you're Warner's, right? Mm -hmm. And I say, hey, we're going to take all your high-res media, and they go, where is it? Well, it's on Amazon S3 or Microsoft Zero, right? They're going to go, whoa, 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 whoa. Where? Well, I don't know. It's in Texas somewhere. I've got no idea, right? right. And the SLA I can offer you, right? The, the quality of service is the best only of what they can offer you, right? You're never going right. to do it, right? So what we had to do, which is why this system is so exciting, is that there is no com existing product in this system, all ground up built, and we run on the same kind of gear that these guys run, Amazon and those guys, right? So we run right on raw tin. But what we do is we have two data centers in the UK at the moment, we're spreading them out, right? One in London, one 400 miles away in the northeast of England, right? And the reason we've done that, which sounds ridiculous, but the kind of thing we have to do for insurance is that there's something called the exclusion zone in the UK, which is if London got nuked, right? Where would still be live? Well, I, I do want to know that if, my, if London gets nuked, I want to know that my documentary can still get completed. Yeah, we'd say, you know, it sounds ridiculous, yeah, right? Yeah. But it's the kind of stuff you have to go through. And then in there, we have three copies spread across those two locations, right? And they're both what's called active-active. So basically, if one site goes down, the other one's not a disaster recovery site. We don't have to try and bring back all right. 4,000 hours. It just goes, that one's gone, boom, we're up, right? right? So it keeps it seamless, and they've both got separate connections and everything else. And that's what you have to do to be able to deliver the kind of security for some of like the, our clients have, where they give us 700 hours worth of media. Now, obviously, the risk to them, while they're maybe shooting the shoot for maybe three, four months, you know, that's not that big. But say they want to keep it for us for the next 10 years, which is what some of our clients want to do. They've got legal requirements, right? They've got to keep this stuff. We've got to be to show that we put the right kind of things in place. So we've done a lot that's of... It's a good business if people start stockpiling thousands they, of hours. They do. I mean, that's the thing. And what we want to do to people is at the moment, they're taking these thousands of hours, right? And they're sticking them on an LTO tape. Yeah. Which right. is... Oh, I won't say it. Yeah, okay. Just, 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 uh, tape. I'm, I'm, I'm just beyond tape. That's all. And like, to me, the, 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 the vision is the, the cloud of drives, eventually solid state. But, yeah. but the idea that we're not... Yeah, that... We're, 
nothing mechanical. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is those tapes then go in a cupboard or they go in a warehouse or whatever and you're sat there and you can't do anything with them. With us, the point is is that, fine, you're keeping all that stuff safe, but you're investing in it. You can still find it, right? Immediately. Yeah, because we keep all the proxies live, yeah? So yeah. you can still find and search and do whatever you want to do, right? But it's back down on really, really sleepy disk, so it's not really doing anything, but obviously we're keeping it refreshed and everything else. Yeah. Um, and then when you want it, you just call it back. So say you do series one of your big thing, right? And uh, you've got a whole load of stuff in there that's really, really useful. If you put that out all out into LTO or whatever else, right, you've got to bring hours and hours of stuff, this stuff back with us, put it down into the archive product, right? Mm -hmm. Then when you're ready, bring it back, and you've got everything back that you had from the first series. I mean, you get ridiculous things like we've been working with a client at the moment who just sent a crew so out. So clients are paying basically, they're, sorry, we'll get back ahead, to yeah, yeah. But clients are basically paying for, an on, there's an online storage and there's offline storage. Yeah, so there's an archive that says, we're going to keep it all safe and it's all going to be there and you can bring it back, but you're going to pay a lot less just to have it sitting in the archive yeah. rather than sitting on the fast drive. Exactly, right? Okay. So it's all about making use of it. Our motto is we make money when you make money, right? right. Basically, you're going to be, if you use it, the way the A-frame works, it's like a mobile phone plan. You buy for a certain amount of storage, certain amount of users, right? And then what you do on the system. So transcodes you kick off, metadata you have done, right? Now the point is you're not going to be kicking off transcodes or having 100 hours worth of media tagged unless someone's probably paying you. Hopefully. To, hopefully, If, if right? you are, you're... If yeah. You're a fool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So we make money when you make money. So basically, down in the archive, you know, you know, we're kind of we're not getting rich on it, but basically, it's the fact that it's there. And when you when you we're hoping you're going to come and use it again. Well, and if and if you if you really knew that you wanted to keep it, you'd be paying something to keep that. Yeah, anyway. To make that happen anyway. Yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and if you're going to keep go it, somewhere. if you want to do it yourself, let somebody got... special. <laughs> I always tell people. I always when I because I, I hire a lot of specialties, and I, and I always go, you know. I'm a specialist in video production, yeah. and people hire me because I have because they don't have to think about and, and recreate that wheel. Yeah. Because I'll do that for them. In the same way, you hire a specialist who's just doing. If you want to do an archive, you just hire a specialist to handle that. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Now, how scalable is this? So, it's, uh, it's, it basically like if I'm a, if I'm a one man operation or two man operation, yeah. is it is it inexpensive enough, or are most of your clients big clients? It's that, everybody. So you can start with a for fourteen ninety nine a month. Now, what, kind of, what, what does that get you? That gets you basically a certain amount of storage. At the moment, not a lot, but we're basically about to bring that up. And your own storage space and the ability to work with two or three other guys, right? So basically, you're doing a little thing. You're a student, right? Off you go, $49.99 a month. Bang, you, you're off, right? Because also, it's not just aimed at... It is aimed at the big guys, right? And we've got the big guys with us. But this is a freelance industry, right? right? Um, and so you can sign up literally. It's really, really simple. You don't even need to create a username and password. You can come and talk with your Facebook account, right? right? And just go click, right, I'm in, okay? Mm -hmm. And then it's the point that you can be a small guy, a, a freelancer or whatever else working on your own. One, by joining A-Frame, which is free to just become a user, by the way. You're ready with one click for, say, CNBC to go, right, work with me, right? Which is great. Totally changes the way that people work together. But also, if you take it as a user, you end up with your own storage space. You can put your best bits of work on there, your favorite documents. It's like having a wallet, right, that just goes with you everywhere. So instead of when you meet that great producer who's going to give you that job and they say, hey, show me what you've done, right, and you give them a link to Facebook or a, or a DVD, right, which ends up in the pile, you go, ting, 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 right, there you go, it's on your phone now, right, right. and they can watch it or you can show it to them. So it's all about the fact that all of this stuff is really about empowering people to just get on with things, yeah? Right. And at the moment, there's a lot of kind of heavy equipment that people have to buy to get this done. And we just don't believe that that's, that's how it should be. I bought a lot of that heavy equipment. Yeah, and I, so it's, it's, it's made, Well, those servers, that, you know, and, and some of them work really well, and some yep. of the stuff you do need to have locally. Yep, uh, you and, know, we, and you can put A-frame over local storage if you want, right? So if you want to have a copy inside your own so office. So you make that another instance? Yes. So it's just being backed up. And now, will that, when you have that as another instance, does that mean that you are 
so like let's say I have guys shooting in yeah. the field and they take it to an ingest site yeah. and my edit bay is just seen as another place so once you guys have ingested and put the metadata it's being in your account in two, your two locations and it just slowly pulls comes into down my to your place right or you can ingest at your place because mm -hmm. our ingester this is another big thing right no equipment you need an iMac and a line right and you open up a web page right you just drag and drop all your MXF files or whatever else into there up it goes right so you don't even need anything where you are right it's all about the speed of the connection now have you started a partner it seems like the next step, I mean, you probably are already down this path, but it seems like the next step is to find partners that can do ingest for you yep. in LA and do you, no, precisely. You, that's LA, what New York. We, that's what we do, right? So in the UK, we're teaming up with facilities um, uh -huh. and uh, camera hire places, anywhere who's got those kind of lines, right? Where basically they can suck up the media, right? They keep the ingest charge, right, for uploading it, which is not big, right? But basically they get that bit of money. But the main thing for them is that it's a way they got clients coming through their door they might not meet otherwise. Yep, who are going to be dropping off media, right. and then they. Uh, hopefully going to you know go wow this is a great place you know I really want to work here but also for those facilities a big problem for them is just all this media right well, I, know, I, I have some friends that, that are sitting you know in in San Rafael California and they have a hundred megabit connection right um, that, that's sitting there and they shoot stereo and big yep. HD and everything else so they already have clients that probably would want to put stuff yep. there uh, and they don't, you know, that, that's and, and their big problem, I imagine, is they have a project that, say, is with them for two months. Then it goes away for three months while they go do something else, right? right. And then they've got another bit, right? And they maybe have this 50 terabytes sat on their really expensive Unity or ISIS or whatever else doing nothing, right? Get that off. Get that to us. Obviously, we don't change anything. You can store the whole load exactly as it is. Then when the client comes back, you bring it back. So your expensive storage, your super fast stuff you've got sat inside of is utilized for those bits that it really should be. Yeah? Yeah. And because that's the thing. It's kind of like I did, I mean, having built a big facility, I know what it costs to get this thing done. Yeah? Um, but the pressure on these places is amazing. It cost me to get started um, in this big facility, 500,000 UK, right, was what we raised to get started, which was in 2006, nothing, to build a big online facility, right? right. But then I left, right, I sold, I sold out, and my co-founders then sold out, and they've got a new one, right? Now that new one cost them, I won't embarrass them, right, but you can take several zeros off that, right? <laughs> and it's doing a lot of the work with the same clients that my old place was for that kind of money, right? It's relentless. This pressure is just, it's going on and on and on and on. Everything is getting commoditized. It's just coming. Now, now right? what is the, is the, uh, what, so what, to get down to brass tacks, yeah. what's the cost per terabyte for online versus archive? Like what, what are people, what are the real costs that people have as they start to? Sure, basically, this? I mean, it, obviously the more you pre-buy, the more you get, right? So let's take, say, our, um, our. Well, uh, say I, I want 10 terabytes. 10 terabytes, that costs you 12 pence a gig. UK. I, I can't do the math. That <laughs> it's, about six, it's about 16, 17 cents, I think it is, or just under. Uh, so, so 17 cents per gig. Yeah, per gig. That's for all the multiple copies, right? So that's a uh, hundred and... So maybe 1,600 bucks. Yeah, for a month. But the, the point for is... Don't, per month. But don't focus on the storage, right? That's the big thing, right? You're also... That includes everything. That is an entire that's system. Ingest, that's the... Yeah, right. No, no so that's not ingest. That's not ingest and tagging, right? But okay. the entire system that lets you go, right, is in that cost, right? Because right. otherwise, I mean, you could if, pay, I, you if could, I want to have that online storage, I'm going to pay $60,000 for a RAID system yeah, that's going to be More than there. that. You've got, you've got to pay for two, right? You've got to pay $60,000, right. but you've got to buy two of them. You've got to connect them so that basically go, you've got to have a tech guy who's going to look after it or a support contract. You've got your heating, you've got your power. The TCO model against it is amazing. Now, I know it's difficult. Now, when, to, it, when that drops to archive, how does, how, how, what does that price drop? Oh, you go right the way down, right? So basically, unfortunately, I can't release that yet because we're still describing it. But you can drop that down by 
by a, a massive amount, right? A massive amount. And the point there is, is that what we do with that is, because that is more dumb storage, right? That's basically really, really cheap. The point with A-Frame is that you've got all this storage, that's fine. If you punt this onto Amazon, you're going to pay the same or more, right? right? If not, but more, you don't have all right? the services. You've got nothing, right? You've designed. got some dumb storage, which is slow to get to, and right. you've got, and nobody except your tech guy can actually do anything with it. Where with us, because it is that easy, your team is making stuff with it the whole time, and that's included in that cost, right? right? So you're not kind of going, I've bought a big asset management system, right? I paid a fortune for it, and now I'm paying. Well, extra. this is, it all comes together. And for the for our, so a lot of our viewers are uh, you know tech folks. They're not they, they don't necessarily in the video industry. In you know they're watching yeah. a lot of this in this live stream here. Now my my. All my viewers are all, all you know, this is all we do. And, and, uh, but the, uh, the, this is a little bit to put, to, to frame it. It's like kind of like Carbonite for the pro video. <laughs> I don't know what Carbonite is. Carbonite is like a, it's, it's like an online storage, like online backup for your computer. So right. for, for a, you know, for, for someone not working in, in big storage, yep. you know, you can get five, five gigabytes oh, or 10 right, gigabytes, sure. yeah, of, yeah, you know, yeah. and it automatically backs up. Yeah. It's kind of like that on steroids. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, it's 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 one of those things that it, it, it can do that backup. But this is when when video professionals need it to be bomb proof. Yep. Um, it, it needs to have the extra services on it. Yep. It needs to have all the other pieces on it. Yeah. Now, how many? Now, how how where does the cost come when it comes to ingest and tagging? Yep. What is the what what kind of costs are we talking about? We're talking pence per gig to get it up, right? Right. So basically, it's so not paying per hour. The paying per gig. Per gig. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. Um, and then the tagging is just a charge per hour. So basically, it all depends on how much you've got, right? Right. So if you do like a straight off, I want just one an hour done, right? You're talking about $75 or so, right? right. If you've got a big contract, you're talking about $50 or less. Now, does that include, now, is there any transcription that goes yeah, on there? Yeah, we can do transcription, yeah. And, and that's just another thing on that's top. That's another thing on top, right? It's all about what do you want to do with it, right? So the point is, you can come on. You could just use this just to store stuff. That's fine. No problem whatsoever. You use it just to store stuff and maybe do a bit of organizing, right? You could use this just to replace FTPs, right? You could just use this for proxy media and use that to share around with your clients, right? So it's not like the way that you with a big system, right? You could come into NAB, you walk around, you go, okay, I kind of like that one, or I've got to pay $50,000 for a pilot, get them in, all this kind of stuff, right? You come onto A-Frame, it's free for 15 days, for right. goodness sake, right? You come on, you try it, start out with just some proxy media, right? right. So get used to it that way. Fine, now maybe put a couple of hours up. Let's try that. Now let's try tagging some of it. Let's try a quick transcode. Great, that works. Okay, cool. Now I'll do my next short form project. Great, right. that works. It grows with you, right? Because it doesn't mean that you have to come in with some mass investment and punt and hope that everything's going to be okay, right? Get well, used and to that, it. And that learn is it. the thing. I mean, we we don't have a massive central storage system. We have a lot. We have a, we have some reasonable sized ones. Yeah. But we looked at it and we were like, when we looked at what we really wanted, we mm -hmm. laid it all out with a, with an integrator, and he said. You know, uh, the one we were testing was sixty thousand, and the one that we were gonna we really needed was one hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars. And we were like, yeah, we're just gonna stick to our Drobos. You know, you know, you know, yeah, we're sure. just gonna, you know, we're gonna, you know, we're, and we're gonna, we're gonna nug through it. And 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 the Drobos, for instance, work really, really well. Yeah, they, good, they, good they, they they take they take good care of us. But you, you can tell. But the, one of the issues that we have is that we're all over the world, and yep. and it is this this the sharing issue that that really gets into that of. How do I make, make all of that available to everyone? Exactly. And that's the thing is it's kind of like, um, I, I don't, I dare to, how many terabytes is that you're looking for for that, for that price? For the prices that guys that guy quoted you, uh, that was now it's that that's fiber fiber channel sure, connected to all of our systems. Yeah. But yeah, that's only hundred fifty thousand dollars, and I think it was at the time. This was a year or two ago, yeah. so it changes dramatically. Sure. But at the time, I think it was eighteen. Yeah. 
19 terabytes of I mean, I mean that's, that's the thing, right? It's, it, the point is, and you may not use that all the time, right? I mean, you may, that for storage may be used while you're editing, but et cetera, right. et cetera. But, so it's about making the best use of what you've got, right? right? Now, the thing is, is that, yeah, if you want to basically sit internally and work at 10-bit uncompressed and, you know, and you're throwing 250 megasecond around the place, you're going to need that, right? That's absolutely fine. But right? we minimize that as much as we can. Exactly. I mean, and I think that it also is a generational thing. I'm, I, I kind of think of myself as an old, old, old fogey, you know, I'm crotchety, and I remember when we, you know, <laughs> you know my, I mean, my, the computer that I rendered, you know, stuff for, for a feature film, yeah. you know, was three, was, this is three times faster, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. so, but I think when you grow up with the fact that we used to have to blank our, our, our raids, yeah. we had raid zeros, and we would have to, um, we'd have to do a low-level yep. format every yep. week yep. to make sure, because we were, we were capturing uncompressed SD yeah. at 30 megabytes a second. Yeah. So, so one of the things that, that I think that was really good about that is it trained us yep. that you know only use what you have to use. Exactly. You know, you know only, you know don't don't be if you don't need online, don't use online. If yep. you don't want, you know we you know uh, and so you, you know kind of keep that all in that process. But yeah. that, it, it definitely is an interesting. But it's just, it's just like, the thing is, it's like the shooting ratios are going through the roof, right? Yeah. Because it doesn't work that way. Because it's easy right? to shoot. Exactly. I mean, you, you know, when, as soon as you stop loading tapes, yep. and you start now, now you're taking SSD drives and popping them in. Exactly. And like, oh yeah, we'll pull, we'll, we'll pull half a terabyte of footage just because we can. Yeah. I mean, there's a camera on the Panasonic stand. Um, I think it's an HVX 250, right? It's this big, costs $5,000, and it shoots a 100 megabit stream off the back of it, right? right. Well, I, I mean, which is just, cr cr I mean, it's amazing, right? Do you need that all the time? No, but the camera does it. So I guarantee if you've got that camera, you're not going to do it on the... Well, it's really hard. Once you have that capability, it's really hard not to yeah. not to shoot that. I mean, we shoot typically Apple ProRes yeah. Um, HQ, yeah. you know, and, and we don't always shoot. Most of the time we're shooting HQ because it's really hard. Like, I'm here, yep. you know, I'm in... Wherever, whatever country I'm in, I'm doing it. This is the only time I'm going to be here. I'm, it's very hard to justify. Yeah, I'm only going to shoot a 50 megabit connection uh, when I have a 300 yeah. available to me. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's the thing. Is once people get that power, they don't want to go back. Right. And it's and it is getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And but it's also for great because it means more and more people can make more and more stuff. Yeah. And the view that we did, I remember when Final Cut came out and kind of became mainstream. Yeah. And we were all Final Cut that place. We got a, accused of commoditizing editing. Right. Like our facility. Right. It's kind of like oh, but it was all about you had to have access to a hundred grand piece of gear and blah, blah. my answer was well no because the thing is that's ridiculous all these great people were missing out because there are only 10 systems in london or whatever else right and so my view is that well, now when you look at what final cut did yeah, exactly. this week i mean yeah, 299 for us, it's, for us, this is brilliant. Everything they've brought out is perfect for us. Keywords in the timeline at Timecode, brilliant, straight in from us, from all the work that we do with it. Um, all the links in and everything else, my team back in the UK is currently producing a list about that long of all these new features we've got to make. But it's great. It's, you know, the nice thing for something like us is because the way we develop, we don't do product releases every six months. It's every two weeks, right? It's right. The way that... Well, that's, that's the advantage of, of, of any multi-tenant solution. Yeah, exactly. Is that, is that as a user, I can either develop internally yep. and I have some coder that maybe that that either I'm paying a lot of money or I'm not paying enough money and, and mm -hmm. they're not you know they're kind of doing whatever they're doing or I can have a specialist who every time they improve it for this client so ESPN mm -hmm. needed a whole bunch of features yep. and you guys develop all those features yep. well ESPN's not the only one that benefits from that I benefit from exactly them. and that's the thing is but the really thing is it's weird when I first was raising money for this business right back in 2009 um, and I was going around the VCs and just going blah, blah, blah. none of them believed that this industry hadn't done this yet Right. They were just like, why? Every single other industry has got something like this, right? You know, publishing, print, um, you know, technology, well, CRM, I mean, right? Well, CRM. I mean, one of my, our, 
our largest client is Salesforce.com. So, so you know, exactly. so so this is the uh, you know, so we you know, we, I I, uh, I drink this Kool Aid every yeah, day. Yeah, well, that's yeah, the thing yeah. is the um, that when I speak to investors and they say sum yourself up in one thing, I say we're the Salesforce of Pro Video. And that's what we're going to do to the market, right? Yeah. And that's what's happening, which is really, really exciting. Yeah. No longer a Siebel massive thing, right? Now, do you Salesforce in your? In yeah, your we do. Yeah. So, um, so of course, we eat our own dog food. We have to, right? right? Everything inside our company on our own system runs on our own API. Runs on everything, right? If we turn around and said, you know, what do you use for your video on the front end of the website? Um, we don't power it by A-frame. You're not going to use us, right? So, right? so we use all those kind of things. And, and bringing it to this industry is really, really exciting. This industry out here is like a tanker, right? It's yeah. going to take a long time to nudge it around, right? That's absolutely fine. But what we're really enjoying is we're meeting people like here today. I met an amazing Indian company out here in America who had been told that we were an asset management system. You can see he didn't want to take the meeting. I was like, let's go to the Renaissance, have a coffee. Oh, I haven't got very long, blah, right? And you set him down with an iPad and you just go ding, 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 ding. And by the end of it, he's like, right, okay, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do. It's that kind of stuff, which is really, really exciting. Now, it's not to say we've got everything right. We certainly haven't, right? But right. what we've done is we've done spent so much time by taking, for the first time, a blend of these amazing web guys, right, who code these huge, heavy lifting, Facebook-style distributed systems, right, with the best of UI designers from right. the web, and then the best of post-production and production, right? Well, I'll exclude me from that, but let's put the team in there and that. And brought them together the first time and gone, right, what do we do? We brought in producers, we brought in directors, we brought in everybody and said, right, what's your biggest problems? Let's build it. And the lovely thing is we're still learning, right? We're, right. we're five months old in the market. We've got a boatload of features we still want to launch. Some of them are coming out soon. New ideas of what we want to do with people and help them with their footage. And people can give us feedback and we can, like you say, respond. Right? Okay. So if someone turns around and just goes, do you know what, I really want a way to, I really want a way to, to, to manipulate my images like on screen to select things or whatever, you know, like draw around heads or whatever else. And this product's got that. Great, fine, we could put that in. Right? Right. If, if enough people came and told us. Um, and that's what gets me really, really excited about that's it. By, that's by the way, feedback, feedback loops are, yeah. a, big, are big, a big feature. Yeah, exactly. We, we actually, there, there's been a couple products that we've used and we're still struggling with it because no one has done it perfectly yet. Yep. Of just being able to give people feedback. Yeah, and, I mean, that's, that, that's, and that's kind of what we do already in the text-based world. But if you wanted to say select someone's face and just go actually here, do a bit of grade on the eye or whatever, there are products that can do that. And actually the way that we're going to do it, which is exciting because we're just signing our first guys at the moment onto the system is we're a platform as well as a product. So if you have an, a great piece of editing software, online editing software, or a great piece of online graphics software, that kind of stuff, you can hook into, you'll be able to hook into the back of A-Frame with the API, have a button inside A-Frame. Just now have you guys right. connected with companies like RV, like uh, tweak software? Uh, no, not yet, actually. So they're, they're in the back of this this booth, and I would highly suggest going over and asking for Seth. Cool. All right. Seth Rosenthal. So okay. um, tweak software has a thing called RV, and in our industry, in the visual effects industry, almost everybody's using it. Okay. So RV is a, uh, I can do playback, and we can all play back together and, yep. you know, in the land and sit there and circle stuff, and they've got all the paint functions and everything else, and they're already Perfect. connected. And what they do is they're, they're already working with um, you know, a variety of the management tools. Yep. So they already do, do a lot of that. They know how to do that. Cool. And so what you can do is you can have all your selects that you're going to talk about for dailies. Yep. And they can, they'll just load up all those clips. Yep. And then we can go through and we can annotate them all. And yep. then what would be great is for them to be able to pass that all back into it. But well, that's, that, that'd be a perfect uh, Well, solution. that's exactly what it is. Because for us, we're never going to build all this stuff, right? And theirs is perfect. Yeah, I mean, exactly. There are these great products out there. And the way that we look at it is in terms of like, look at Facebook. 
you use Zynga on Facebook to play a game, right? And Zynga is a separate company, but it's hooked in and you choose to play a Zynga game or a different game or whatever else. For us is we've done, and what people are getting excited about plugging at the back of us is we've finally done all the heavy lifting. Right. So big, massive MXF upload, maintaining all the metadata, the dark metadata, everything, the transcode, the delivery, all those bits, and made it easy for the end user. Now, when you come onto A-Frame, what do you want to do is you go, you start your A-Frame project and you go, right, on this one, I want to use RV and I want to use Signet and I want to use this and I want to use that, right? and great and off you go and use them all project finishes you turn them all off off you go right, right. and that's the dream is, is basically for you to be able to choose your perfect ecosystem or your workflow pay as you go right, right. and get it done and get past all that messy integration which means that a lot of companies outside of the big guys and even they're trying to avoid it don't have to sit there for five weeks ten I weeks. think the big guys get it faster than the little guys a lot of a lot of little guys like us can sit there and try to you know we'll We'll try to tie all that stuff together, but the big guys are like, oh, we, are, we know how much this is going to cost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great talking to you. Cool, no problem. Thank you so much for stopping by. I would love to talk to you a little bit more okay. uh, after this. Hey, so, sure, uh, no related problem. Related to our stuff. So let me, let me um, we could do a live business card exchange. exchange. <laughs> this is what NAB looks like. So we sit there and we go, I want to make sure that I have hold that up and kind of go, There we go. See, it's A-frame. There we go. We'll talk some more. But see, that's, and that is what, you know, that's what NAB is all about. Yeah. Passing these cards around. But, um. Uh, thank you so much. Pleasure. David Pito. Yeah, that's correct. And it's aframe.com. Correct. And uh, definitely check it out. If you're doing video production, this is something you, 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 that I, I didn't know anything about it until you came up and sat down, and I'm already excited. So, so <laughs> you know, so it's, 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 this is a definitely a problem that we're constantly dealing with. Cool. So. Well, there's a free 15-day trial there. Click the button. You're in. You get 10 users, 2.5 terabytes. Go. And just Fantastic. try it. Thanks, David. No problem. All right. Take care. Cheers. So we're going to, uh, I think we're going to swap out here. So thank you, and um, and I want to make sure while we're while we're uh, while we're doing this, I want to thank, of course, our uh, sponsor, uh, Netflix, Netflix.com, of course. Now I, I don't uh, <laughs> I don't know who is watching this and uh, doesn't have Netflix, but but I'll just let remind you that of course Netflix is uh, is just a great way to watch movies. Uh, I, this is the way that I watch movies. Uh, we have. Uh, Apple TVs and Roku's set up in all of our TVs at the house and uh, on my iPad, on my iPhone. And, uh, and the main thing is, you know, I started using Netflix years ago where I was downloading, downloading, I mean, I could have discs delivered, and of course you can still do that, where you have discs delivered um, via snail mail. And, uh, and you can, every time you get one, uh, every time you send it back, you get another one, or you can set up to eight of them at a time. Uh, and so it's just, a, you know, that's how it all started. But now you can stream it with next, with, uh, of course, with uh, Netflix Instant Play, you can have Xbox 360s, PS3s, Apple TVs, um, Nintendo Wii's. Many of the TVs that now that you can buy have Netflix built into it, uh, so you don't even need to have an extra box. Uh, it's just an incredible service. I, I'm not sure, uh, you know, I, 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 uh, we're going to be talking to Chris Brown at NAB, and I, I was just about to say, I, I suddenly lo looked over and I was like, I watch a lot less TV every day, you know? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So the, um, but we'll talk about that. So, so, but the, uh, but it's, it's one of those things that you have so much access to all the things that you want, those movies that you haven't watched in a long time, the TV shows that you wanted to watch all the way through. Uh, mine is, my favorite is uh, Law and Order SVU and we have all of them. So it's, it's kind of like the good, I want to turn my, uh, uh, I want to turn my, my, uh, uh, brain off for a little while and watch a TV show, and it's it's all up there. I don't have to figure out what time it's going to happen. So it's just a um, a fantastic service. Uh, it, you can um, of course get a 30-day free trial if you go to Netflix.com/twit. That's Netflix.com/twit, and uh, you can check this out on your own uh, with a 30-day service. It it is it's really addicting. That's all I got to say. Once the once the drugs start 
you know, getting into your system of I can watch all the stuff and I can build up this huge uh, queue of instant movies. And I don't even need to build up a queue. I just hit search and I find the movies that I want to watch. And so uh, it is, um, you know, uh, it, I used to have this guilty pleasure of I'm not going to rent this movie. I'm not going to go out and see it, but I'll watch it when I'm on a flight. And the, <laughs> all those movies are, are um, you know, on Netflix. So uh, definitely check it out. Once again, uh, Netflix.com slash TWIT. And uh, you can get a 30-day uh, trial. And uh, if, you, if you're like one of the three people that are watching this that don't have Netflix, you should go up and at least give it 30 days. So anyway, thank you very much. So coming up next here, we've got uh, uh, Chris Brown, who is the executive vice president of, of NAB, right? This is, or the, I'm going to pull, pull that mic a little closer to you. Our, I'm uh, of our conventions and business operations group. Okay, so, the, so your job is to... Do this. Do this. Make this all happen. That's, so this is it. I'm tired today. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah, say, yeah, this yeah. is uh, by, the, by the end. So this has been a basically uh, you get a couple of days off and then you start on 2012. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I appreciate that because most people ask me, you know, what do you do for the other, you know, nine months of the year? So you know, I, I guess I don't I mean, know how you get it done in a year. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, yeah, we uh, believe it or not, we actually uh, start more like 16 months out. Uh, so we've been working on next year's show already for about three, four months. Uh, already selling selling space to exhibitors in the uh, in the show. Well, it's very competitive because the the uh, you know to get the uh, the you know Grass Valley has has kindly given us a good backdrop. Right. Yeah. Know, absolutely. Lots of screens and, and yeah. a beautiful background here. And uh, but to get that space, you're not you're not doing that today. You're doing that correct four months ago. Yeah. Or, and, and you're you and a lot of people don't know the insides of this is that you have to be here for a long time, right? Because there's a certain pecking order based that's on a, that's exactly right. You're very informed. I appreciate that. Yeah, but no, they, yeah, we do we do uh, uh, sell and sign the space based on the number of years of participation that these companies have uh, you know have had in the show and uh, also the just the amount of participation that they have. So it's a it's a formula. Everybody gets a number a point uh, essentially right. and there is an order so for that, all and the of points that. are based on number of feet that they've used, how often Years in, the show, years in the so show, so it's based okay. on you know we right. want to reward loyal customers and right. you know and and customers who uh, participate at a higher level and that type of thing. Absolutely. And so, how's the show? How has the show turned out for you this year? I think it's been great. Hopefully, I, what do you think? I mean, oh, I, it's, it's been great. This has been, this has been probably the I this is my sixteenth NAB. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I've been I, I started off as a uh, demo artist. Oh uh, great. For, okay. You know, over Wonderful. in the sands. Oh, so, did you? Yeah, good, so, good, good, good. So, uh, so I, this, uh, you know, I've seen it grow. For me, it's grown. You know, I, we didn't even come for the first three or four. I didn't even know that it existed over here. You know, it was right, always right, just right, the right. sands. You right, know, right. and uh, uh, but the, uh, um, so this is the. I, I've been more excited about this NAB uh, than I have been in maybe five or ten years. I mean, it, it is. There's so much happening right now. I mean, it's. Yeah. It, there's so much chaos right, to some right, degree, right. but there's also just so much going on in our industry. Uh, I think it's, it, it's, for the big guys, I think there's some challenges, and for, for a lot of the nascent te you know, technologies that are picking up, it, it, there's a lot of excitement. Yeah, you said it very well, yeah, I, and I agree. It, it does seem to be a sentiment that's being echoed, and certainly what, what we're hearing, uh, people are feeling uh, very good about the show in general. Our, our numbers are up on both ends. So uh, it grew from 88, is that right? About 89,000 last year, and right. it'll be roughly 93 uh, this year, at least we're projecting. We're registering one or two more over there. We'll do it right up to the gun. Uh, 
uh, and then the uh, the show floor. Uh, we're still in all three buildings and four halls. Uh, the show floor will cover roughly 800,000 square feet. Last year, about 750,000. And so. really, Vegas is the only place that has a show floor this big. I mean, other than maybe there's one in Cologne, right? But out, uh, I, don't, I can't. There's a couple other in in, in the U.S. Uh, you know, Chicago, Orlando, very large facilities. Mm -hmm. The problem is the cities as a whole, uh, great places obviously, but they don't offer the whole package. I mean, there's no place like Las Vegas that can give you, you know, 140,000 hotel rooms, and most of which are you know a couple of miles from the convention center. Yeah. Uh, uh, so and and the meeting space and the restaurants and nightlife and all the other opportunities. I mean, it's just a great, great place. And the other the other big driver for us, quite honestly, is uh, California, L.A. I mean, it's an incredibly it's an important flight. market for us, uh, and so we draw a lot of people from the from the West Coast and certainly L.A. So, uh, you know, going east, going Midwest probably wouldn't wouldn't serve us quite as well. Right. Now, and the conferences have been very busy. I mean, I felt like they were more busy. I, I'm a speak, I was a speaker over the weekend, and, so. and that's why we have great speakers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, with the, uh, um, but it was a uh, it, it, they felt more full. Yeah, uh, you know uh, that's continued to rebound. Now, now you know uh, all of events like this, and certainly all of us, you know, felt some pain during the uh, during the couple of years of tough recession, right. and uh, and the comfort side was was one of the areas that probably took took the, one of the bigger hits. Right. Uh, you know, it's just you know people are paying for those, uh, and so when uh, folks cut. Uh, travel and and, uh, and and training money, unfortunately, that type of thing. Uh, we saw those numbers drop considerably. That's come back. It came back uh, in a big way last year. I mean, we probably had a 30%. Uh, no, we had over a 30% jump last year right. in conference participation. This year, it's going to be another strong jump, probably over 10% again. So that's seeing a nice upswing in general. Absolutely. And, and, we're, and how, how it seems like we're seeing a lot more of this. Yeah, yeah, happening yeah. at the show because there's yeah. you know uh, Twit of course is here, yeah. digital buzz and and the post pits in the background. It seems yeah. like you guys have really been focusing a lot on really providing the space and the opp opportunity for stream uh, live streaming opportunities for a lot of different organizations and coverage. Yeah, I mean uh, you know and thank you for for being here. We're, we're delighted that you guys came and and uh, are doing this. I mean I th you know from our standpoint, you know it's it's this is a community, so uh, we want to provide opportunity for them to connect in any way you know they can or as often as they can and how they you know, and how they're comfortable doing that. And certainly, you know, it's it, we have big segments of our audience, if not the entire audience, that is, uh, you know, they understand technology. They tend to be early adopters. Uh, right. They're online. They have the tools. They have the tools. They're online. They sort of get it. And, uh, you know, so for us, uh, social media has been great. Social networks have been great. Uh, you know, online streaming, blogging, all of that stuff, I think, is, is a, you know, a really important part of our communication, not only our, our, our marketing communication, but also just, again, trying to connect the community so that they, yeah, you know, we're, we're big believers in, you know, the more inter interactivity we can, you know, create and, and provide more opportunities for folks, hopefully not just here, but, you know, uh, continuing throughout the year. We're doing a, we're actually doing a, a virtual event, uh, a one-day online event, uh, May 12th, as a follow-up oh, wow. uh, to the show. And again, that's just in that same context, trying to give people another touch point, another opportunity to kind of come back and uh, you know get a little little taste of the show uh, perhaps see a few of the uh, you know some about the products and technologies are at the show some of the conference content uh, but then hopefully connect to each other you know share yeah. information ideas ask questions all that kind of you know, that's stuff. fantastic because I know that you know what I was surprised at is how many uh, at what, sorry oh, okay I'm just getting some b-roll so people can actually see it uh, what I was surprised at is, is, you know, a lot of our live feeds, um, what we're seeing is, is even though this, this show is technically a more niche audience than CES mm -hmm. or Mac, Mac World or, mm -hmm. or something like that, 
the viewership has actually been much higher. Great. Um, I know, I know for Pixelcore, um, we've been uh, wandered, we wandered around with our little backpack, and we usually expect when we give people 10 minutes notice, we usually expect we're going to see 1,000, 2,000 people watching. And we've been sure. having, like yesterday, I was just wandering around for a couple hours, and like 6,000 people wandering around oh, because, perfect. because perfect. They, have the, they have that bandwidth. They have the interest. And the understanding. And yeah. they understand, what, and, they, and they know that this is really important for them to see because this is not, uh, it's really hard to get your head around it. I know that I come to NAB as a video professional, mm -hmm. trying to solve problems. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just, you know, when I go to CES, I'm, <laughs> I have to admit, I'm, I'm there to see cool things. Cool you know, you know, you know it, it's, yeah. I want to see cool gadgets, and, that, and that's yeah. fun. But when I'm here, I'm trying to figure out how am I going to get a, down, a downstream keter to work exactly. on the other side of my mixer, or how am I going to get this, and I need, and it's, there's not, this industry just doesn't have the online resources that, that the consumer industry has, right. where if, you, if you're not, if you don't have a great relationship with a good integrator who mm -hmm. can sit there and talk to you, talk you through it and deals with it, this is the only place you're going to see the stuff. Yeah, these are the pros. I mean, that's that's really the the you know enormous value of what happens here is you do get the thought leaders, you do get the the technical uh, you know professionals and the folks that have done right. it for years and years. So you're right. If there if there's a if there's somebody who can figure out how to do it, they're probably you know here somewhere either in a booth or you know right. in the aisles or wandering around, and, and you ideally want to be able to you know connect to that. It's a right. it's a I mean it's a, and you know because you've been here and you've done it, but I mean it's got a this this community this event has always had you know from the day I started doing this back in 99 believe it or not uh, just an enormous uh, energy and yeah. uh, you know connectedness and uh, you know that's what makes doing the show fun well and for people who are watching I, I think that this is it is important to realize that, the, that we've done a lot of streaming this week a lot of people have done a lot of streaming but it, there's nothing like actually coming to NAB and walking through and touching the cameras and I mean there there's no other show like this for I mean there's IBC but I, I don't think IBC I mean I've been to IBC sure and it's a great Great in great Europe. Job, yeah. If you can't, if you can't get here, yeah, yeah. Amsterdam's <laughs> um, a great place. Yeah. Amsterdam's a great place to be, and yeah. uh, but the um, but it is just this is a one of a kind of event, event, uh, and it's the only event that I don't miss. You know, you right, know, the, yeah, every that, year yeah. there's this is the only event that I that I, every year I go. I don't know, you know, maybe I I'm gonna I might have something else, but it's the, this is the only event every year that I actually make it to. So it's um, you know, it's just a great. I appreciate it. I mean, experience. and I think the you know from our standpoint, as I said, we, we appreciate. Uh, you guys being here, we, we really value, you know, this type of, uh, you know, coverage of the event and, you know, the outreach that it creates. Uh, but, but, you know, we're not, we understand that everyone can't get here. Yeah. You know, we understand there are a whole lot of people out there that, you know, just aren't able to travel, and that certainly applies globally. And uh, so we believe this all works synergistically together. Yeah, uh, so please don't feel like you have to apologize that if we're streaming, we may, we, we may be, you know, uh, disincentivizing somebody to come. We, for a long time, have believed that this is a, a complete synergy between, you know, what happens on the net and what's happening here. And that's actually what we, that's what it's all about. That's yeah. what we're talking about. So Fantastic. it's great. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Really, really appreciate, appreciate having it. you here. All right, Thanks. take care. All right, so we, we, uh, that is uh, Chris Brown from, from NAB. Now, he's, the, he's, you know, managing all of this craziness back here and uh, putting this together. And I have an old friend coming up here, Dan May. And so uh, Dan May from Blackmagic Design is going to come up and show us some cool little things. I, we were just shooting these uh, yesterday. I got a little trouble over at Black Magic. Well, it happens, but we don't hold it against our friends <laughs> much for long. <laughs> Let's see here. I'm always I always get in trouble some at some point in time with the uh, with the live view box. <laughs> Oops. So anyway, but um, which one is this one? Oh, that this one, one is the ATEM uh, camera converter, which we won a couple of awards uh, for. Yeah. All right, all right. So let's um, we are uh, Dan May. So. 
We're here with Dan May from Black Magic Design and uh, Black Magic USA because the Black Magic is kind of a well, we're an international company. We're, yeah. We are we are all over the world. I haven't just run the U.S. office. Uh, right. I have a lot of counterparts all over the world, and it's just a. Uh, it's just fun to be at NAB showing great technology. You guys, you guys went crazy this every year. Every year, you know that it's it's always kind of like I, I had uh, we had a schedule issue and I knew that I was in trouble because I missed the Black Magic press event because uh -oh. I was like I was like oh no they're gonna release like eighty products and I'm not gonna and it's not gonna and it's never it's never just like a, oh yeah we updated it it's like the great oh part, yeah we changed the entire paradigm yeah the great and, part is this year we did twenty I think twenty four new products or at least I stopped counting about twenty four new products <laughs> and none of them are like bastardizations of our it's not like well we just continued this and brought these are twenty four new. We brought out new live switchers. We brought out these new SSD. We'll recorders. talk about those in a second. We've, we've I'm really out, excited about. We brought out all these new technologies, and they're just new jaw dropping for, for Black Magic, and they're all jaw dropping. It's not yeah. like, but it's it's so ironic because you know because we you know we spend so much time just working our guts out to make these great products. Right. You know, we're literally on Sunday to ourselves, sitting there sweating it, going. Did we do? Did we do enough? You know, yeah. do, do we think people will like this? Because you never know if you're going to show up to the show and be like, you know, heaven forbid, what what if we've done this wrong? What right. if it, what if it's all gone wrong? So it's great when you're able to say, look, 24 new products. What do you guys think? And everyone's like, uh, everyone's a winner. Yeah, everyone is. Yeah. A winner. It was the first place I went when I got here. I was well, and it's not just because it was in the front of the no, no, not, <laughs> not just that, mind you. But you guys have had an incredible run. You know, the last couple of years you've just been you know expanding. You know, to think that to think that we're a 10 year old company and being able to. You know, you're we're, only ten years old. We, it's 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 an it's amazing ride that we've been on, and it's yeah. uh, you know we're very thankful. We're, we're really thankful to our customers. We really you know want we want to continue to honor the trust that's placed in us to be yeah. a, an industry leader, and and we we do take that very seriously. So, so, so show me some of these uh, toys that you I, I grabbed the things that I could actually get off the booth without having to unhook a lot of things. But, right, right, right. But like I mentioned, we have we have new live switchers. So uh, I'm gonna talk about the live switchers sure. for a second before because I, I have to admit, so I do a lot of live switching. And, As a uh, I really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you never never. Think that and um, and uh, I have a I, I'm I, I'm a collector, you know, you know. So so I have you know, I have love a, those kind of people. Uh, yeah. Well, and 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 the thing is, it, I, and we had some conversations with your engineers. I had a conversation. You know, this is what I this in a perfect world. Sure. I would have a mixer that I could run with my computer and send graphics over to it and everything else. But it was still a hardware mixer, so if my computer crashed, it would continue to work. And Absolutely. so, and, and not only did Blackmagic do that with the new uh, round of mixers, because I saw, the reason we had this conversation is, yeah, at IBC, you had a bunch of mixers sitting out there. Right. But they were kind of like, well, we're getting... And that was like, literally, we had made the acquisition. We wanted to show people, this is... We got mixers. This is what we got. We've got right. mixers. Everyone knew we were coming to NAB and we were going to show mixers. Right. And the clever folks that could probably, who know Blackmagic, could look at what we've done with something like our DaVinci Resolve and say, I know what these guys are going to do. Right. They're going to reinvent and, and revitalize something that has never, it's been seen a million times and yet show well, something that's never been seen And this is a, it is a complete, it's, it's a completely new area um, of, uh, I'm going to switch, switch uh, mics for you here. It's because my voice is so bad. <laughs> Perhaps that'll be better. Yeah, that sounds good. So it is. It is completely reinvent. It's a whole new area because. So I have the the, the range. So right. I have a I have a Panasonic 450 that, sure. that you know we're doing 16 channels. It's a pure hardware mixer, and yep. I love that mixer. I've got a little 50. I've got a Data Video 2000. I've got we use Wirecast. Man, we has use, anyone told you you're a collector? I told you. I told you I'm a collector. We got a TriCaster over here. Yeah. You know that, that that Twit uses for this, and and so, you know, and and we use all of these these mixers, um, but they're. Typically, most of them are software or hardware mixers. And what, what I thought was really interesting was this idea of, of um, taking it where you can just buy the board. 
It's almost a scalability. Yeah. It's something you don't really see a well, lot. Well, and adjustability. Like, you can decide how you want to run this. So you can, you can, I can buy a board and I can input uh, six channels up to 16 channels, I think. Is that, is that six, right? eight, 16. Yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, and I can pay anywhere from nine ninety five to, to $49.95, uh, which may sound, for consumers, may sound like a lot. That's nothing for this yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, my, my Panasonic mixture was over 25000 right. You know, so, exactly. and, and so the... And then I can decide how I want to control it. So I can control it with, I can go ahead and buy a, if I want the creature comfort of a control surface, I have, there's control surfaces that I buy separately, but. They all come with the software control panel. Yeah, so the thing is, is I can just put that on a Mac and PC. Mac and PC. Mac and PC, and I can run that mixer from a laptop. Absolutely. Now, now what, am I getting, how low is the latency on the laptop? It's very, I mean, well, that's largely going to depend on what your setup is going to be, but right. as we're setting it right here. So if it's, I mean, if it's connected directly, button, it's, it's You boom. push the button and it goes, which right. is obviously the ideal situation for a live environment, right? You don't right. want to be going through, you know, a bunch of switchers, a bunch of Ethernet bits and so But on. if I did, I could theoretically Absolutely. have that set. So I could, and so what, one of the things I think is interesting is you put one of these boards um, in, your, in, your, in your shooting room and you're just, you pipe that all in and then Anywhere in the office, I can plug into the gigabit Ethernet Absolutely. and, and hook, open up a laptop. And, and any laptop can see it. So I could theoretically have a backup laptop. If You know, the great part is you can have the laptop and the panel at the same time. So somebody could actually be doing, uh, I'm going into Photoshop to use a Photoshop plugin to create this graphic, while the actual user is going over and using the actual physical panel. Right. So it's, it's got a whole great set of kind of, we want to put these bits together, how you want to put them together. And it, and it, it a removes a bit of the barrier to entry into a live switching market, but it really it really well, serves it increases the portability too. I'm, we're Absolutely. shooting all over the world, and and my big my big problem is is how do I get it into a small package so that I can Absolutely. actually get there? And looking at that little one U, I was just like, oh. so so we're uh, and these are all coming out in spring summer. Yeah, we're all rolling these out. I think the one ME switcher panel we have will be out probably next month. The longest one will be the two ME panel, which will probably be at the end of summer fall, and right. the television studio, which is the one one rack unit that's. Just gorgeous. Um, That'll come probably in the middle of all of that. So yeah, very exciting for it's us. Very, very exciting. I'm, I, 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 I'm excited about what you're showing here. That that close to the, your heart for that. One. Was, I just do a lot. I, I do a lot of it, and I'm just like, oh, this is great. So anyway, so that that's great. So and you brought some smaller things for us to look. Yeah, at. I brought some smaller things, some award-winning things we have. I'm trying to think what we'll do with the first one. You know, this this product here. This is our Thunderbolt product called our uh, Ultra Studio. And this one's working. This is this is a working Thunderbolt. I.O. product that we yeah. have showing in the booth. We have it showing Turn over. Turn it around so they can see the connectors. Let's show some connectors rather than that boring one right. right there. Um, you know, the exciting thing about Thunderbolt is, of course, the data rate you're getting there. 10 gigabit per second, but both, both directions. More than enough that we need to do uncompressed video I.O. So for many years, people would say, why can't Blackmagic make that laptop solution? At the end of the day, Blackmagic prides itself on being basically an uncompressed solution. Right. Yes, you can do compression by using CPU power to do that compression, but we always have been an uncompressed solution. Now with USB 3 was really the first time we had the data rates to be able to do that, and that's doing pretty well on the PC. The challenge there is... And, and I was the, the number one driver, so I'm, I'm on Mac break every week yep. going... And Apple just needs to support USB 3. Why? The only reason I said it was because Blackmagic has USB 3 connectors. Which are great. Which are great. Which are great. And boxes. the challenge there is that USB 3 isn't quite driven the same way that Thunderbolt is. Right. Thunderbolt is Intel saying, here it is. Here's how it's going to be. Apple right. says, this is great. Let's get the connectors figured out. Boom. There it is. It's done. It's ready. Get some chips into production now. Yep. And you have a format that is 
fully supported, fully functional. And now, this one shows two two Thunderbolts, but the, the, the production one may not. We're not sure. Not. There's a bit of a debate how we're going to roll with that one. Because loops are really important for us. Loops are important. The great thing is that all the drives have them, and we're worried a little bit about power, things like power draw, power consumption. Does the unit need to be bigger? So while so, this so is... So here's the question. Now, if I put that at the end of a chain... Then you're good. Then I can, I can have it... Because I want to put this at the end of the chain. So I want to connect. And this does a dual link in. It's, it's just, it's, if you think of our DeckLink HD Extreme 3D, it does 3D, it does dual link SDI, it does HDMI, it does analog, it does RS-422, does all your different analog. So I can take a, I can take a Thunderbolt, so I can take, uh, so, so we have so over I can there. take two, two F3s and I have them on a beam splitter and I can run them into, into this guy. I can open up your Media Express, uh, software. Media Express which I've, I, we've caught stereo on, on a Media Express out of a 3D A1. Absolutely. And, uh, and it was just seamless. You just hit record, everything's, we well, for us it was. We tried. Yeah, 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 no, it was great. We, we, tried, I, we, we tried to do And that's with the extreme bar, board. But yep. now I could theoretically do that. Same thing. On a laptop. On a laptop, get yourself a nice Thunderbolt array yep. so that you can capture that as uncompressed video. So you go because what you need and, and, and yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So we have showing laptop, Thunderbolt array into that, then loop through that into this unit. So now you've got your ins going into there, capturing it as uncompressed. Got your video outputs going to monitors. Now, now do I have any worry? So, so let's say I'm taking a uh, uncompressed 444 signal. Sure. I've got 180 megabytes a second. Sure. Uh, am I going to have any issue with the the, the, the the laptop's speed, or is this all happening? It shows right through the Thunderbolt. So it's, it's, 10 yeah, gigs it's per second. I mean, it's it's beyond it's, what we need for this okay. kind of stuff. It's, that's it's great. It's fantastic. I mean, it, 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 and again, this is another thing that's near and dear to my heart because we do a lot of that too. Absolutely. So we're on set capturing uncompressed footage uh, from 444 cameras or we're capturing uncompressed 422 stereo. Absolutely. And and the you, you, we lug, you know, we're lugging this uh, this huge Mac Pro yeah. with our 3D Extreme card. No, I mean, the Thunderbolt is a fantastic technology. We, we, I mean, yeah. what Apple and Intel have done, and we, we would have never been able to do this kind of product without their support. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great technology that I think that, you know, this is this is a layup as far as taking a technology that maybe wasn't de developed for this, but applying it to something that's so desperately needed, basically. And I think that we'll see this technology really make its way around. This you go through this South Hall next year. It's going to be everywhere. It'll be everywhere. Yeah. So show us some more. So that's some more, a, some a very more. cool product we have here. This kind of actually ties back into our live switchers. This is our ATEM camera converter product. And now at a very basic level, we are known for having converters. Yeah. Um, so this does actually function like a SDI HDMI to fiber converter. And it is bi-directional as well. Now we have a product that's very similar to that. But what this really makes this special is this is really meant for when you have that guy who's on your live shoot who, let's say you're doing a guy's on a video camera. Down a long the, way away. long way away. Nice. I don't even know. Um, you know, that, that, uh, that, that golf course is going to, you know, say the guy's down at the end of the golf course, we're going to go ahead and have, you know, this guy down there run fiber so that you can run at the hallway out there. We, SDI, 300 feet maybe, and maybe. If it's a perfect SDI, no one stepped on it. Absolutely. You get 300 feet out of it, but a lot of times we need 1,500 feet. Absolutely. The idea here is run it through fiber. We've got our tally on here so the guy can see when, and it will come up on a screen. If this is a tally on it? This has a tally on How it. How much is this? Uh, 595, I want to say. So you've got one at both ends. Got tally on there. Right. It's got the voice back, so you've gone ahead and got your microphone. You've got your, your headset, so we can now talk mm. to the switcher operator and say, 
Yeah. I'm going to, you know, I need you to zoom in now. I'm zooming in. Great, we're going live. Go to tally. And this is up. constant. For those of you who are watching, you don't do a lot of this production. Again, another thing near and dear to my heart. Sorry, these, I'm so excited. We're going to run a little over, just a little. Um, so and we got we got Ted Ted coming up next. So we're uh, sorry, also uh, yeah. important. So, so, I'll, so I'll be quick. So, but um, but this is so important because you're you are uh, you know for those of you watching, we have cameras all over. Well, six cameras over there, and we're going. And we, you got to have that communication. It's not just enough to connect them. And tally is a big is is an issue where you're buying a whole other subsystem and a whole other set Absolutely. of wires if you don't have it all integrated. So this makes it a very simple solution. This is almost like this. You get a lot of what you would get out of a CCU in some in, for some in some cases you're not controlling the camera, but a lot of times one of the things the CCU does is it gives you that that communication. We can control. do things like put the program up. So if you're on your camera, you can see both the program or what you're shooting. It's a fantastic product, and I don't want to keep okay, you all okay, day. Okay. So That's let's do one more one more really quick. This is our HyperDeck shuttle. This is basically a solid state disk recorder. Right. What it gives you is SDI and HDMI input and output. Uncompressed. Uncompressed 422 10-bit. Right. And I've been amazed how many times I've said that and people are like, so ProRes? No, no, this is, this is truly well, an uncompressed QuickTime file being written here. And for a lot of people that might be more than they need. It may be. One, but I'll, I'll say one, one place that that's really important is that we shoot a lot of green screen in the field. And, and one of the places that this is really important is that I want to be able to get uncompressed out of the back. So all of your cameras, your little, your little HB40 all the way up Absolutely. to an EX3 or an F3 or whatever, they all have uncompressed footage that's coming out of the back of that Absolutely. SDI or HDMI. And you want to get all of that if you want to pull a good green screen key. Absolutely. Um, but what they're recording internally is horrible. And ProRes is fine, but it's not as good as it could be if you could get that pristine and the quality. Other, the other important thing is, is uncompressed fits into lots of different workflows. Right. ProRes is great. It is a great format. But the fact that it does uncompressed means that I can put it on the back of my switcher to master. I can put it right. on the back of the camera to have an uncompressed. I can use this as a playback device. There's just so many little things that this and device it's got, does. And it's battery. Battery powered, so it'll last an hour. It charges via this. Well, it, it lasts an hour, but the other thing is, is that if, if you lose power, you're not losing the you're record. You're not losing the whole thing. Right. And the whole thing costs $345. And, and, and then you have a more industrial version that's 995 We have, we have 995 for a rack mount. We think of that more like almost a VTR, where I'm going ahead and I'm shuttling through, I'm laying yeah. off. has different functionality in there. Again, award-winning ideas, not breaking the bank. These become things that anyone can have in the toolbox to just do a lot of great work. Fantastic. Thanks, Dan. Happy to be here. It's great. We'll talk. We'll talk more about these. Sorry, Rambo. Fantastic. No, no. This is. It was my fault. I got. I just got a little too excited. So now, and and, and I and I feel like we've just got one good one after another. Thank, thank you very much. Thanks, and I'll talk to you. Always later. good to see you, man. Yeah, yeah. Good to see you. And uh, now. We've got Ted Shilowitz, uh, who is going to come up and, and show us. We had so many good toys. This is a great way to finish NAB. Yeah. And uh, so, so um, Ted Shilowitz is bringing up a, uh, a the, the, the toy. I know, I know. You know, they just, I just keep on wandering around causing trouble. Good to see you, Ted. So, um, so we had Mike Seymour up here talking a little bit about this. Uh, yes, yesterday I brought the little brother, and you got the little. Yeah. So, so tell us about what we're looking at here. Well, I figured you know about the Epic, and a lot of people are talking about the Epic Hobbits being shot on the Epic, and right. they told me Mike brought his Epic yesterday. And it was in the show it's and beautiful. Yeah, the footage is good. So I thought, well, you got enough of that, maybe, but you want to see. Well, and, and the thing is, is that what I, to be honest with you, yeah, I'm really excited about renting the Epic. Yeah, <laughs> and know, owning the Scarlet. Right? Yeah, well, and, and and eventually buying the buying the Epic, but. 
for day, the day-to-day kind of stuff that I look at, at using, you know, I don't necessarily need a 5K sensor for for the kind of stuff that we're shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, when I do, I'm going to rent an Epic because we, we shoot, um, you know, right now we're shooting probably five or six production days uh, a month on right. the red. Right. So we're, we, we use it a lot. We're really happy with it. And right. the Epic is going to be another big, big bump for us. Um, and... Uh, the uh, but the Scarlet is the kind of thing that I feel like I could have in the office yeah. and use. I'm gonna pull that mic a little bit yeah, closer. closer. Okay. And uh, so this is the Scarlet. This is the this is the Scarlet. The little brother. Yeah, I'm gonna turn it on for you. Oh, it's, um, it's operational. Yeah. So th- this there's no hard fixed price point for this yet, but it'll probably be around six grand. Six grand. Yeah. It's got. You see the red mode's booting up there. The camera's already booted. So you know uh, how long it takes to boot up a red one, right? Right. Red one's a coffee break. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I was, like, I was like, this is yeah. what you need. You need yeah, a little yeah, take coffee. take a coffee break yeah, now. Exactly. And everybody was always kind of complaining about, boy, it should be great if you could get the boot speed faster, which we know we could when we went to a newer um, technology right. to do that. Right. And, and now, of course, everybody's bummed because they lose their coffee break. They're like, well, it boots up in like eight seconds. Now what am I going to do? Yeah. So now they don't get their coffee break anymore. Right, right. But anyway, so, so, so it's up and running. Um, so you can... Put your hot little hands on so it now. Th- now that I have it in my hands, Burke, I need you to uh, come over Escort here. Me off the Escort me off. Escort Ted. Yeah, just yeah, to yeah. say, Ted, I'm afraid there's some security ha- issues that we have to deal with. Oh, this is beautiful. So this is the Scarlet here. And now, what size is the sensor? That's a two-thirds inch sensor. So this is a professional. So this is a six thousand dollar camera that has the same size sensor as my F nine fifty at the office. That's correct. Yeah, an F nine fifty or an F twenty three. That was a quarter million dollar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of the a lot of the cameras in the you know, ten to fifteen thousand dollar range. These very, very almost microscopic sensors. Uh, this is a, a full-on professional sensor. Wow, look at that. Makes pretty good pictures too. It does all kinds of cool stuff. Right. So, and and uh, what what are the size of the still? So I'm taking still. Um, what, what what is what is the the output? It's it's a three megapixel. It's or, it's it's or yeah. Three K. It's three K. Um, on an Epic, I'll have to sort of do the math extrapolating. An Epic, it's a 5K sensor, right. which, which of course creates the true 4K image from, from the 5K Bayer. Right. Um, each still or motion image on an Epic is about 14 megapixels. Right. Just so you know how exponentially larger, you know, you see how monstrous a red one is because it's right. between eight and ten, depending on how you set the frame size. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's like tons of magazines shooting reds, red ones, and instead of SLRs, you know, and then right. they put them in magazines, no problem. But an Epic is like a quantum leap from right. from that because you're 14 megapixels, either still or motion. This is slightly under a red one. So this is, I think, somewhere around six megapixels um, mm-hmm. still or motion, which compared, you know, if you think about all the other video cameras, even the, the highest end multi-hundred thousand dollar video cameras are coming in at, you know, between two and four megapixels. Um, and, and this is a, it, it's a fixed lens or, or it's I It's a fixed zoom lens, yeah. It's fixed a zoom fixed, lens. Uh, eight by zoom, yeah. And it's it's pretty unusual the way this, you feel how nice that ring is. It's, yeah, it it's doesn't feel like a smooth. consumer lens. It's... Should yeah, I put I that on? It's, it's, uh, Am I, is there a reason I should put that on? It's just so you can hear. If you if you can't oh, if you can hear if you can hear fine, oh, then yeah. then we're then we're all good. I mean, the, I, uh, if I if I look more important. No no no, it's fine. If you can hear fine, you're good to go. Because um, you can hear me, I'm okay. Yeah yeah um, yeah. The, the, these are real directional mics. I think that was okay. just the, the um, but the so it's fixed lens. Now are you thinking of making a version that is that is uh, we're yeah. So well, let me tell you about this first, then I'll tell you what we're doing okay, with it. Okay. So. What's really unusual about this lens is the way they engineered it is it has the ability, that one single ring has the ability to be focus, iris, or zoom. Or how do you in do the, that? In the industry, we call it fizz for short, focus, iris, and zoom. So there's a menu. I'll show you how you do it. If you, let me just kind of hold it for a second. If I just hold this one down for a second. 
And I got a menu there. Oh, a little submenu there. Look at that. And I can assign the ring to either be focus, iris, or zoom. And then the other two can be automatic wow. or off the rocker on the grip or, or anything you want. So depending on how you want to use it, if you want to do a nice, really slow feather zoom and you want to lock off your iris in a shot like that, right. then you're good to go. Now, can, or, I, can, I, can I control these remotely as well? So yeah, yeah. In I, fact, if we, if we pop this off, we're a little too far apart. Let yeah, me, exactly. Let me grab it. Let me see. Let me just do this. Because a lot of times what you'll, you'll be dealing with is some, you want someone to be able to have a remote. So, oh, look at that. Depending on if the battery is charged up enough. Let me I can just pull a little piece of the camera off and continue to control uh, it. It appears to be charged up. Okay, so if you, if you take the camera and, uh, oh, sorry, you got to go. So now I can actually, but I have to kind of see what I'm, what I'm doing. Normally I'd have a monitor. Or you can actually tell me if it's working. Depends on, the battery might not be totally linked up to it yet. But right. what so happens right, basically is, is you I can, can control you can do it. You can see, the, I think if you see the time code. So instead of having your little uh, Preston. Time code running there, yeah. Your, your, instead of having your little Preston remote control, you have a little remote To a certain extent. It doesn't do focus not. and stuff. But it, it, it does all of the status um, oh, okay, so I can work through all, all and of I can those. change all the menu settings. Basically, the full control of the camera that you have on that screen or on the grip, right. you have now, remotely. Can I wire in a separate control for zoom and and uh, and focus? Yeah, so absolutely. I can have two, someone pulling focus. Yeah, there's little zoom. ports on the back, so you can right. put a like a rocker zoom on it. You know, yep. if you put it in studio configuration, mm -hmm. that's all what it's designed for. Yeah. Now, when it, when it, when is the shipping? Uh, I always have to ask. Yeah, well, as uh, soon no, as it's it, ready, it, is and I'm the not real really answer. asking. I'm not really asking when is it shipping. I'm like, when can I buy one? Yeah, I think probably late summer is is a pretty good very, target. Very nice. Very we nice. we never know till we're sort of done with the game, but it's you know we've had it up shooting in helicopters. We've had it shooting uh, a bunch of test shooting now, so well, we're getting pretty much, close. The, the 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 form factor is very similar to the Epic. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's a pound lighter. It's thinner. Right. But it's ultimately it's sort of just and a that form factor version. makes it great for 3D. Without With both the Epic yeah, yeah. and the Scarlet. Yeah. You know, being able to get it onto a beam splitter and not be taking up as much space. Absolutely. Well, it's why all these giant budget 3D movies are being shot with Epics now all around the world. Right. Um, this is also going to, you're going to see some very strong popularity with these when they come out for that. Oh, absolutely. No and, it's, and then the, and the lenses will match pretty well when it comes to 3D. You know, yeah, oh yeah. So that's, the, yeah. that's, always, the, that's yeah. always one of the big challenges. And it's just, now, and this comes off. Yeah. So this is very, it's all very modular. Yeah, in fact, the, the little thin little piece on the back there, this, this is the camera. This little piece right here, this comes off and can be done on the back if you want to go 3D and be narrower, this comes off. It's all, it's all very modular. That's fantastic. And it just, uh, yeah, the, the industrial design, it just, it just yeah. feels good. It feels like, and, and, and while it's a little heavy, I like that because I like the fact that right. it's, it's solid, you know, and it's, it's you know, and you're not going to work. And, and this, the interface is a huge jump up from what we, what we yeah. had with the red. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was one of our big complaints with the red. Yeah. Was it was that, a little primitive. Yeah. And you just felt like you were going through menu, 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 menu. Now you've got a touch screen. I can, yeah, you, you can know. slide around on those things and That's just great. do whatever you want. That's fantastic. And, 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 of course, the Epic has been a big hit. People are excited yeah, about it for people uh, who have it. I know I have a lot of friends exciting. that are in the list, yeah. and they're excited to get yeah. their Epics. And, uh, and you've got two versions of that, right? So you have the We will ultimately have three. Three versions. Um, we have the Epic M, which is shipping now. That's the, uh, the machined Epic. Right. The first ones we're building. We're going to run into a little time gap of delivery because of some of the, the issues in Japan that have happened. Right. Um, we source a few components from Japan, single source components that we're now resourcing. Um, and we'll get ramping up again. And those will go into the Epic X cameras, right. which are the ones that will be the first mass produced cameras. Mm -hmm. And then eventually we'll do something called an Epic S. And what's that? Which is uh, sort of a, a entry level Epic. It was what was going to become the Scarlet Interchangeable. Uh, but because it seems 
that the logic of those still motion users are okay with a slightly bigger form factor, mm -hmm. and the Epic chassis is more capable of doing that with the removable lens, you know, changing out lenses. That was a better decision. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean we will never do one of these with an interchangeable lens. It just means on the plan right now right. is what used to be the Scarlet interchangeable is now the Epic. Yeah, S. S. And you don't, and you don't, and you have no idea what that price point is going to be. Or oh, I have a pretty good idea, but uh, and nobody else does. Ah, <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, so the uh, so now, and this is, and so this one's running about ballpark of about six. That's our target. Dollars. We'll we'll see when we come in. You know, everybody knows we're. We're, we're pretty out. honest about this stuff, and, and uh, we, we try and make things as, as cost-effective and, and Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you valuable know, the, for the, the customers as possible. You know, we, we, we talk a lot about red, and, and, and the one thing is, is that it's revolutionized the industry. It's one company that has stopped. You know, we're not going to all do something that's comfortable. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that comes with, we, yeah, don't, there's know, we don't know. You know, we're not, we're, not, we're not looking down a nice little paved road. We're cutting through the forest, and, exactly. and eventually we're going to hit a tree, and then we're going to move around that tree, and then and, and we're all in and for the ride. Yeah, you know, you know, and that's a good the, way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think that because that, a lot of the other, you know, everybody else is, they've had to catch up. They've had to run behind because mm -hmm. the, the issue is, is that, I mean, when I, when I look at the, the F3 and the and the AF100 and the and the FS100. The one thing that we constantly are talking about is the fact that those wouldn't exist if Red didn't right. exist. Right, and they're you know, all you know, and they're all really good cameras. They're just cameras. not high resolution. They're not movie cameras. They're TV cameras. Right, right. With with big sensors, you know, but they don't actually derive high resolution. Right now, now this so. is cap what formats of Red, red Code? Which ones are the Scarlet? Is the Scarlet's capturing? Uh, 42, red code 42. Oh, yeah, we've actually changed all that. If you look okay. at the corner there, you see there's an RC menu there. Right. You can click into there and you can slide around. What we've done is we've, we've simplified that nomenclature. Right. Where we used to say it was red code 28, 36, and 42. Right. Now it's all the way from 3 to 1 to about 20 to 1. Right. Depending on how you want to use it. Right. Um, and, 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 and you can just basically choose the compression ratio you want. Right. So the... Um, uh, here and people can people want to see the interface there. So the um, so oh, yeah, you're in the uh, exposure jump, mode. That's why you're, exposure mode there. that's why those little red lines are. That's a way yeah. to show, to show exposure. Sure the, the show show what your exposure is yeah, there. Yeah. The um, let's see if I can click on. You this want me to let me do it for you? Yeah, I got myself into it. We did that. We did that with the Epic yesterday too. So the um, uh, and the and the interface and the and uh, the controls have just jumped dramatically. Now, what are the frame rate options on the Scarlet? The frame rate options on the Scarlet, similar to the Epic, in the fact that I'm going to reboot it because you kind of—I screwed it up. It's all right. You're allowed. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll give you a—we'll give you a pass. <laughs> um, the uh, similar to the to the um, Epic, where on a red one, you know, you have to window down the sensor to get to the high frame rates. Mm -hmm. On an Epic, we can go 5K at 120 frame. Mm -hmm. On a Scarlet, we can go 3K at 120 frame. Now, of course, the good news is when we do have to reboot, it's already rebooted, right? So it's so it's right. already up. So uh, let me turn that around. So you can so you can get 120 frames a second, and so that and, and that is a dramatic slow mo for people who are wondering. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. it really is a five five to one. So um, and uh, we we've used it a lot with the uh, with the red. Yes. And and it's been yeah, and it, it's just been great for those shots where you just want just a little bit of uh, of slow. Now now the epic will do 240, right? The epic now, since you talked about cutting through the forest and making those leaps around the trees, well, every once in a while you jump into a, a really cool area because you're willing to take those risks. So the epic in the last test I did right before I left for NAB, we were testing in the lab. We're up to 300 frames a second in 2K. Wow. Wow. Uh, on the Epic, which is phenomenal, and over 300 second if you want to take it to a 720p res. Which way? Right. 
They just want to see the back of it there. Like that? He's going to zoom in here. Yeah, right? yeah, there we go. I can lower it down. Okay. But yeah, so, so, so the um, so so 300. And, and for those of you watching, I mean, when, when, uh, when I worked at a visual effects facility uh, in Northern California, the, um, when we want to do 320 frames a second for effects, there's this, there's this big filament. Shoot you while you're talking. <laughs> there's a, uh, you want to turn it the other way? Burke's asking us to turn it the other okay. way. There we go. So the, um, uh, but the, uh, you turn up this, this high-speed camera to do 320 frames a second, and you get just a couple seconds before you're out of film. Yeah. You know, so you turn yeah, you it up get... and you go, and you hear this thing start out, and then, and then you hurry up and do it. You have speed, and like you do whatever you're going to do, and then, and then, you know, because that was the end of the film. And now, we're just going to do 20 minutes of it. Now the Epic has the HDR. Correct. So does Scarlet. So I can show you that. I want one. That's all I got to say. See, the hardest part right now with all these technologies is, is, that, is that as soon as you think you're ready to buy another camera, there's another camera that's right out there that you're, yeah. you know. Well, that's actually interesting. We, can, we, can, we should talk about that, our, our philosophy about that, which is very different than other camera companies. Right? Tell, us, tell us about that. So there's that HDR stuff. You just, you just turn it on, right. and you basically have your highlight protection as you, as you need it. Um, and you just set the amount of stops that you want. That's how it works. It's very, very simple right. to use. Um, philosophically, and you know this because we did it on the Red One. Right. We, we started our company a few years back with a concept that we didn't like the idea that you had to buy a new camera when new advancements in technology came along. It's right. Cameras are expensive. And, you yeah. know, you and there's components there's that could components, be replaced. Absolutely. If you, if you design it that way, but they're not, that they're not designed. Right. You know. right. So I get why other companies don't do it. Right. But we had this tagline called obsolescence obsolete. And then it was our job to see if we could live up to that claim, right? Right. Um, so we did when we announced that we built a new sensor, the MX sensor for the Red One. Right. And then we did an upgrade for customers' cameras, and it cost far less than buying a new camera. Right. And thousands took us up on it. In fact, almost all of them. And now there's uh, thousands of these MX cameras all Which around the world. Which it was a huge jump. It a was, huge it was jump. incredible that you could just, just for one investment just pop up. Right. And suddenly you had a whole new camera. Right. Yeah. So we, we, we noticed it night and day as soon as we saw it. Oh, yeah. It is night and day. I mean, it is a wonder, major advancement. The thing was, as soon as you saw it, you were like, eh, You're never going back to I'm the other. Like, like, you could ask someone, if, oh, I got a red. And I'm like, is it, has it been upgraded? Red? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, because yeah, we're not going to go back to that. Yeah. Which was great when it started. Yeah. But it was it, well, it, it still example. is. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just not as sensitive and the, the dynamic range is a little less. And, right. you know, red, a red one with an M is 320 ASA comfortably and a, and a red with an MX is 800 to right. 2000 ASA, which is, of course, very, for indie filmmakers that don't have big, huge lighting budgets and stuff, it's a, it's a huge advancement, right? Absolutely. So if you, if you, when we, I'll show you the back of my shirt at some point, it, so my swag that I'm wearing has this big red dragon embroidered on the, and you've been on the back of it. You've tattooing people. Yeah, yeah. There's, the big red. There's one. Mine's not permanent. But, uh, <laughs> but we are doing real tattoos at the booth today. Yeah. In fact, uh, we, we got a little sort of, um, even riskier than we did yesterday, uh, almost ensuring that we're going to get kicked out of NAB forever. Now. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it goes. So far, no one's caught us. But there's, right. uh, there's now, of course, I'm telling you, the, the guy from NAB is like, what? He's going yeah, yeah, over exactly, there right now. Exactly. Um, so um, so the, the logic of that continues on with the Epic. Right. The Epic has an MX, a larger MX sensor in it than right. a Red One, mm -hmm. um, which is obviously the most advanced tool on the planet right now, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean it will be forever. Right. So we're already working on the next sensor, which is, we talked about this thing called the Monstro sensors. Mm -hmm. That's the next branding. Uh, the first one's this uh, nicknamed Red Dragon, right. and that will go into an Epic just the same way that we upgraded so the Red One. You do What's that change? Upgrade. 
Um, we can't tell any specs on it for, okay. for a very specific reason now. Because you're in the and forest and you're cutting through. Uh, that and, and suddenly other people are peering at us uh, from outside the forest. <laughs> like in the early days, no one cared. Oh yeah, those guys are in the forest. They're never getting out of the forest, right? right. right? Well, but guess then, what? Suddenly they realize they're they're comfortably at a stoplight, and they're like, "Hey, wait a minute! I can see the smoke from their, yeah. their village. They're way out there." Yeah. yeah. Guess what? We got out of the forest, and guys like Steven Soderbergh and David Fincher and Peter Jackson and all these right. other big directors and DPs came along out of the forest with us and started making all these big movies, right. and everybody started paying attention. Right. And now all this stuff is shot on the red. It's one of the most dominant forces in cinematography, right. period. So now all these other manufacturers are paying very close attention to what we're doing. So we've, we've sort of learned we can't be quite as open with our technology and our specifications. We can't give them that kind of roadmap that we used to give them. I remember when being in the theater and here, here are all the chips that we're yeah, working yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, so we were very open about it, which we actually would like to do. Right. But we understand competitively we cannot give them that kind of lead time to, to react again. Right. And it is interesting that other camera manufacturers that are certainly much bigger companies, much more established, are now actually in the reaction game. They're not right. leading the game. We're right. leading the game. They're building cameras. You mentioned a couple of them that are attempting to react to what Red is doing, which right. is well, somewhat I mean, fascinating from again, a business I mean, standpoint. You know, for a long time, you know, we were very comfortable shooting HD, but, but now you have Sony getting you know, with the F65. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it, it's a completely different approach, you know. And yeah, now, but have you looked at, at supporting the, the file formats like the F65, the, the, the new file format? Um, and I'm going to blank on it at the moment, but the ACES. The oh, ACES. Yeah, the ACES. yeah, I mean, I think all this stuff is interesting. Mm -hmm. I think what we do is so simplified and, and works so well right. that um, it's something we need to kind of watch and see what its real benefit is. If it right. doesn't add complexity, mm -hmm. then we're all for it. Right. Um, in, in our booth at NAB, we're showing essentially every post manufacturer on the planet right. supporting RED completely, completely natively, um, working right off our R3D files without having to do any kind of strange transformations or lock into point A and point B. Now, is, is, do you know anything about... Is the, Probably no, and you can't tell us. But I was going to say, do you know anything about the Final Cut? Whether Final Cut is going to be supporting R3D? I, I, I know a few things here and there. Um, I, I know that there was a, a I, I don't know if you call it an uproar, but I know there was a lot of people sort of actually vocalizing during the meeting. What about Red? Where's the R3D support? Da -da -da -da. Right. Um, you know, Apple's obviously pretty good at keeping things close to the vest until they're ready to talk about them. So right. we can sort of. Uh, but, but, but unfortunately, they know, we'll, they know that we we'll, know. We'll, they know that we're asking. They they know that we're asking. That's a good way, or that many users are asking and wondering. That was the, the number one question I had after that final cut event. Go. Was was what is the uh, what's the roadmap for, for this red, stuff? Yeah. For well, I know a lot it of other things were kind of left un unanswered. No, there were a lot of things, but the, yeah, what, 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 okay. what our users were asking launch, was you know? was. Okay, so where's the red support? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have so many Pixel members with reds right. that, that they that they uh, that was the yeah. one. Of the and and obviously because Apple and Final Cut were the first to really robustly support the red. Right. There's a there's an, of course an assumption that that'll continue on. Yeah, um, I don't see any reason why that wouldn't. So no, absolutely. Although I can't speak for them. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. No. But it's it's a, it's 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 exciting. And 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 the Scarlet I think is going to be. I mean, I, I have to admit that the numbers have gone back and forth and everything else, so I braced myself for, well, Scarlet's going to be, you know... 15 grand, 15, 10 grand. Yeah, 10,000, 15,000, yeah. and $6,000. I mean, this is... A, this it is still a, might be that. We don't know, but, but certainly our goal is to make it into a zone that people can really afford this thing and use it. Well, I think that, and, and for many of us, six thousand, you know, that six to $8,000 range for many of us is that place where we're buying studio cameras. I mean, yeah. That's where I'm buying my, my EX1s, EX3s, yeah, and, yeah. you know, that, in, that, in that area. And now you have this 
modular, um, very, very powerful, high-resolution camera uh, for uh, you know, a price that you can put, you can buy yeah, multiple, multiple, units. multiple versions. Yeah, that's, no that's the thing that I look at. Yeah. Is, is uh, it's something that I can be uh, I can afford to use every day. Sure. Um, you know, it, and it'll I'm, make marvelous images. You still get the raw. Yeah. You know, so you're still all the things you love about a red one and right. will lust on uh, for an epic until you shoot one. Right. You get with this, right. uh, just not as quite as high as resolution. That's yeah, all. Absolutely. And I guess we have our next guest coming. Okay. In. Well, that was fun. Ted Shelowitz from Red. Thanks, and uh, thank you so much. It was good seeing you again. And uh, we've had a. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I'm so glad you brought the Scarlet up because we, we got to see well, the... Well, it does autofocus too. I didn't show you. See that? So if, you just, oh. if you just push the button there, and it, just, it just autofocus. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a, it is a, another revolutionary camera. And this is, we're, we're expecting to see this sometime in the fall, maybe, maybe winter. Yeah, I would say uh, so. That's you know, a pretty safe bet. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, definitely keep your eye out for that, the Scarlet. And, uh, and we already saw the Epic. And of course, we'll have... Well, next NAB, I'm sure we'll have lots more to talk about. You never know. We'll have, it's like a whole year. God knows what we could build by then. Yeah, exactly. Thanks so much, Ted. Sure. My pleasure. All right. Take care. And now we're going we're gonna to do a switcheroo. I'm going to be switching out. Uh, Scott Wilkinson's switching in. And, uh, and, we will, um, and so we're just going to have a couple minutes here. Uh, you're going to see it live. Thank you so much uh, for, uh, for tuning in with us. And, uh, and, we will, uh, and I'm, of course, I'm going to be walking around again at pixcore.com slash live uh, in a couple hours uh, or in a half an hour, an hour. So uh, definitely check that out. And, uh, and we're back at NAB Live 2011. Uh, from Las Vegas, lovely lost wages. Fortunately, I've never actually uh, bet any money here, so I haven't lost any wages. But uh, and it seems kind of odd to be here in April, uh, since I was only here three months ago for CES. But uh, here we are again, having a wonderful time. And uh, in, in the last half hour, we have a couple of guests yet to go. Seems like there's no shortage of guests here at NAB, with a, an attendance of something like ninety thousand doesn't quite reach CES at 150,000, but it's still quite a bit. <coughs> so uh, my first guest this morning is Travis Parsons, Vice President uh, of Corporate Development at SESME. And uh, Travis, welcome to the show. Thank you, Scott. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. So uh, tell us a little bit about SESME. Uh, when you've contacted me first, uh, I was intrigued by the concept of SESME. So uh, give us a little overview. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I appreciate you inviting me to come on the show and giving me the opportunity to talk, uh, talk about the company. Um, SESME was started about five years ago, and it was really created to challenge the status quo in home entertainment and deliver a new level of innovation to the television, but do it at an affordable price. And I'm proud to say that uh, you know we're at we've actually gone out and we created the world's leading hybrid television service and platform that allows consumers to watch what they want to watch when they want to watch it. Now, what do you mean by hybrid television platform? So, so when we say hybrid, we're referring to taking advantage of that broadcast infrastructure as well as the broadband infrastructure <laughs> that comes into the home. Broadcast band, perhaps? <laughs> broadcast band, band. There we go. <laughs> and, um, and really, it's uh, as we all are aware at this show here, the broadcast infrastructure um, that the broadcast industry has upgraded, certainly in this country, and is taking place around the world, making it digital, is an incredible way of uh, an efficient way of delivering all of that most popular content 
It's a one-to-many type of model. Exactly. And that's a very important part of the SESME solution and platform that we're able to take advantage of. So we've created an indoor reception system that taps into that over-the-air broadcast signal. So it's a, an indoor antenna, essentially. It is. And what we've been able to do is we've also been able to go out and create a private broadcast network as well using that digital terrestrial spectrum and we've encrypted that, we've got that secure, and that allows us to efficiently deliver additional popular cable network programming or other content that people want to consume into the home. And then we complement that with the broadband connection that comes into the back of the, the back of the house, and that allows us to deliver all of that movie content, on-demand content, video, you know, library content, uh, internet video programming, whatever would make sense. So you're actually bringing in cable content over the air. So what we did, what we've done, and we uh, we did a trial down in Los Angeles last uh, last year, mm -hmm. and that was really to go out there and prove out the technology and the platform. And that's exactly what we did. We actually delivered cable network linear programming over broadcast spectrum. Um, what we've done now, and we've publicly talked about two engagements that we're doing outside the U.S. where we'll commercially launch first. One over in Malaysia, we're going to be launching with our partner YTL Corporation, the world's first all-wireless quadruple play over a 4G network using, the intent is to use 700 megahertz spectrum to deliver that programming and content. So quadruple play means what? Means what four things are you delivering? Well, the four things we're delivering is uh, voice, internet, mobile, and television being the SESME piece of it. Ah, okay. Wow. And so you're in Malaysia? So, about so, to so we, will be, uh, we will be deploying in Malaysia, um, which will be the first of its kind in that region um, to go out there and deploy a service like this. And then we've got another engagement that we're doing with a group of Salinas down in Mexico, mm -hmm. and that will be another deployment uh, of actually several deployments that we'll be doing uh, with uh, the Salinas parent company as well as some of their subsidiaries. Now, do these other countries, Malaysia, Mexico, uh, are they using the same... Uh, terrestrial broadcast standard that we are here, or are they using something different? They're using something different. Um, each market is going to be a little bit unique. Um, ATSC is the broadcast standard that we hear that we use here in the United States. Mm -hmm. So that's what we were able to tap into, um, obviously for the U.S. market and what we're able to leverage. Um, for example, over in Malaysia, it's DVB-T2 that's actually going to be used over there. So we can adjust and adapt the platform depending on the market environments, mm -hmm. and that's part of the magic of uh, of the platform that we've created is that we have that opportunity to go in and really adapt our platform and work with the environment that ex already exists. And it's important to note that we don't, SESME doesn't go direct to the consumer. What we do is we wholesale the service and the platform to different telco partners and operators around the globe, mm -hmm. and then they have the opportunity to bundle it up with their services and their, with their networks and infrastructure, and then go out there and create a new service and a differentiated uh, offering into the marketplace. Now, you were telling me offline that you're here at the show in someone else's booth. You don't have your own booth. Yeah, we've partnered up with uh, Invivio, which mm -hmm. is an encoding technology, mm -hmm. um, and we have actually uh, been displaying and highlighting our platform and service uh, alongside them in the uh, in the Invivio booth in the uh, upper hall of the, uh, excuse me, the upper floor of the South Hall. <laughs> it's kind of hard to f keep track of where everything <laughs> is right. around here, that's for sure. Um, and uh, this Invivia is using, is has developed a new uh, encoder for delivering high-quality content uh, broadband? Well, what we're doing is um, you can deliver uh, high-quality broadband content as well as linear 
you know, cable network programming, mm -hmm. uh, you know, on-demand content, video on-demand, subscription VOD, transactional VOD, whatever it may be. Um, so at a lower bit rate. At a lower bit rate, and allows you to uh, to talk also uh, take advantage of you know adaptive bit rate streaming technology, mm. which is incredibly important because when you're going out there and you're you know deploying a platform like Sesme, not every market is the same, not everybody has the same broadband capacities, and you want to be able to adjust accordingly, mm -hmm. but you want to have that consumer experience still be of the quality level that they demand and that they want. And it can't just be on the television, as we're all learning. Right. It's, it's got to extend beyond that. It's got to be able to go out to multiple devices and all the multi-screen environments that consumers want to access their content on. And that's the platform that Sesme's created. Now the uh, the encoding we were talking offline too. I was very interested about this. Uh, is a different sort of encoding that, that need, it's an end-to-end -end solution, which means it needs to be encoded at the transmit end and decoded at the receiving end. Uh, so in the home, uh, and and uh, they're working with their partners in conjunction with your technology to uh, deliver uh, to um, talk to the manufacturers of consumer products. And also, you can get it by software on your computer in order to decode it to watch it in the home. Yeah, there's multiple players in the ecosystem <laughs> that all obviously have to come together. Sure. Um, and what we'll do is we will leverage those relationships that we have out there in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. We will bring this all together and deliver this all into a you know essentially an end-to-end -end platform and service that we can then offer up to our partners. So when do you think we'll see this in the U.S.? The uh, Soon, we uh, we're not uh, we have not publicly announced uh, exactly when we'll be launching. Um, but the the you know again the purpose was to have that trial program in Los Angeles, get that up and running, have that really be a proof point for what we can do around the globe. Uh, we're going to launch commercially uh, outside the U.S. and then we'll be coming back to the U.S. with a vengeance. <laughs> so will we see something at CES, perhaps? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I'm not pressing <laughs> you for uh, for commitments here. I will make sure you're the first to know. I appreciate. <laughs> that. Very good. Well, uh, Travis, thanks so much for stopping by. We really appreciate uh, hearing about Sesme. Um, you can get more information at sesme.com. And I um, uh, hope you've had a great show. We've had a great show, and it's been my pleasure to be here, Scott, and we'll appreciate your support over the years and look forward to uh, continuing the conversation and the partnership going forward. You bet. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, that's Travis Parsons of sesme.com is their website. And uh, we uh, are going to continue here uh, Oh, second guest isn't here yet, so maybe you can stick around for a minute. <laughs> okay, we're going to bring your mic back up. <clears throat> are you back up? I'm back up. Here you are. Okay, I did have one other question for you. Sure. And I thought we were, we were kind of running out of time, but uh, since we're not, I'll ask you this. Um, you said that uh, you have developed or have commissioned or something uh, an indoor antenna, uh, over-the-air broadcast type antenna. I have to tell you, I have used several or tried several and not been very happy with the results. How, how, is, how have you managed to make a successful indoor, over-the-air terrestrial uh, broadcast antenna? We, we, we hear that a lot. And um, you know, one of the benefits that we have is um, we, one of our co-founders, Buno Patti, mm -hmm. um, had, uh, had the opportunity to develop some of the cellular advances um, in, uh, in wireless technology while out of his lab while he was at a uh, university. And so we've been able to apply some of those advances to the ATSC broadcast spectrum 
and to accessing that signal that, that's delivered over the airwaves in each designated market area. Mm -hmm. um, now it's you know it's uh, it takes into account multipath. It's omnidirectional. Um, you know there's some software. It's not just a hardware component. There's software that's been written mm. that allows it. So it's constantly electronically tuning and picking up those signals as they're bouncing off. Uh, walls and buildings and whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. um, now, all that being said, um, you know it's not a magic antenna. You're not necessarily going to get the <laughs> signal at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Um, right. It's not. It's not going to work. Um, you know, in every single household and every single designated market area. Um, but we can certainly cover a large portion of a population. You know, and and household level. Um, so we have the luxury of that. We also have the benefit of uh, tapping into the uh, to rooftop antennas. Uh, ah, and external antennas, if you need to. Excellent. So if uh, you know if if you, if it was a, an area where all of a sudden you didn't pre-qualify, let's say for the signal, um, it's not that you'd be eliminated from getting access to the service. Mm. The ability to uh, to leverage your rooftop antenna or to leverage an outdoor exterior antenna would also be there. Um, and as we you know obviously are seeing more and more um, here at the show and uh, and at CES, um, the ability to deliver linear programming and content over um, IP is becoming you know very prevalent Huge. so um, so even in those places where you're not receiving any over-the-air broadcast signal the ability to, to uh, put agreements in place and to arrange for content to be delivered via that IP network um, is very much a, a you know part of our platform as well mm -hmm. in terms of going out there and delivering it we have a question in the chat room when can we buy one now <laughs> I, we already asked I already asked you this question you're not gonna give me a commitment I know that I, I, I'd give it to you first before the person in the chat room <laughs> Uh, no, I would I would say uh, you know we appreciate the interest. Um, let us know at uh, at sesme.com um, if you are interested in receiving the service. We'll make sure to get you on our list so that when we do commercially launch in the U.S., we would have the ability to uh, to reach out to you and uh, and hopefully get you up and running with the service. Uh, one, one comment in the chat room is uh, it doesn't do HD yet, to my understanding. Is that correct? That's not correct. Ah. Um, and uh, what uh, a lot of people, um, I think, you know, quickly forget is that uh, the broadcast signal, those over-the-air channels, are being broadcast in HD. In HD. And, and in it's fact, actually, they're gorgeous. They're, it's the purest form of HD that's out there. That's right. Because they're not being compressed. Yep. They're not well, being... Well, they are compressed. Well, they are, but, but they're not, not being... As much. Not as much as your typical cable or satellite right. providers is doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have the benefit of tapping into that signal and just displaying that just like the old rabbit ears so to speak. Mm -hmm. So we do actually do HD and uh, and you'll start to see more and more um, you know cable network programming uh, right, that was my next question. content you, and things of that nature. Are you going to be, yes. be in HD? You're going to have cable and VOD and so on in, in HD as well. You'll, you'll start. Yeah, you will see more on that get layered onto the onto the service and be a mix of that. One last question. Uh, in your press materials, you refer to something that I've seen uh, this term now popping up quite a bit over the top. Over the top, and yes. And I don't know quite what that means. Can you explain that to me? Over the top um, is just, it's obviously a big buzzword. It's creating its own sector and segment, so to speak, um, at this show and at other shows. Um, but what it has to do, really, is the delivery of programming and content um, over an Internet connection, mm. so to speak. Well, which um, we've been doing for a long time. They which, just came up with a new word for it, I guess. Everybody's got to have their own acronym, uh. and everybody's got to come up with their own uh, their own catchphrase and catchwords. I have to say that, you know, I always thought that CES was alphabet soup, but <laughs> here at NAB, it's total alphabet soup. It's like, oh my God, I can't imagine what all these uh, initialisms, most of them aren't acronym, or, uh, yeah, acronyms, 
like uh, CEDIA uh, is an acronym or NAM is an acronym, but NAB is called an initialism. Just, so that's just a little bit of editorial uh, uh, <laughs> detail there for you. Okay, we do have our next guest showing up. So, uh, Travis, I want to thank you again so much for being here and explaining your system to us, and uh, best of luck. Thank you, Scott. Pleasure, and I uh, look forward to doing it again soon. You bet. All right. So, that was quite interesting. We had... Uh, Travis Parsons there from SESME talking about his, um, uh, his company's delivery of over-the-air uh, cable, satellite, and broadband content all in an integrated system rolling out first in Malaysia and Mexico after a trial run in Los Angeles. I wish I'd known about it because I'm in L.A. I could have participated in that trial run, but hopefully I'll get to see it when it does come to the U.S., which he, of course, wouldn't say exactly when. But uh, nonetheless, um, it should be very interesting, and I was happy to talk to him. Now we have our very last guest of uh, NAB coverage. Scott Murray is the Senior Vice President and General Manager of Live Production Solutions at Grass Valley, whose booth directly behind us has been uh, sort of our backdrop for the entire run of NAB. Hey, Scott. Hi, Scott. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Great name. <laughs> I won't forget it. No, nor will I forget yours. Yes, exactly right. So Grass Valley is a big name in uh, professional production, broadcast, and so on, but a lot of consumers may not know the name. So tell us a bit about what you do, what the company does. Well, Grass Valley has actually been around for 51 years. Wow. And everything you watch on TV has a, some component that's gone through Grass Valley equipment. It could be, well, in fact, if you watch the Olympics, you watch the World Cup, you watch Major League Baseball, the Final Four, the NCAAs, they all were done using Grass Valley equipment. We're a very uh, instrumental in helping driving innovation in the market, and it's uh, fundamentally a lot of the equipment has been copied from all the other manufacturers on the floor. In fact, I was just looking at your little production switcher over here, yes. which is modeled after the original one that was 45 years old that was done. No kidding. Yeah. So the, no, probably the control surface more than anything else. Yes, control surface. Because, uh, which is the, the actual piece of hardware that uh, the operator pushes the buttons and moves the levers and that sort of thing uh, in order to switch the video from one camera to another and fade in and fade out and so on and so forth. Uh, so engineers need to are already comfortable with that user interface, if we can call it that, and uh, and it's modeled, this one, the TriCaster user interface from NewTek is uh, modeled after something that Grass Valley originally developed. Yeah, exactly. The, the first one was uh, 45 years, well, actually 1969 it came out, it was called a Model 1400, and there were continual evolutions. Now, a little known fact is, yes, Star Wars, we blow up planets. <laughs> But don't let that out. Oh, okay. Well, it's just between us. Yeah, so the original uh, Star Wars scene where, oh, no, Princess Leia, oh, don't blow up my planet Alderaan. <laughs> you know, Darth Vader's, blow it up. Blow it up. You see that a shot of grabbing the lever arm and, and moving forward. By golly, that's a grass valley. Exactly. <laughs> we switch video. We blow up planets. What more could people oh, want? Oh, my God, that's right. It's a, I remember seeing that lever and kind of going, that kind of looks like a video fade-in lever, you know, and it is. That's amazing. Well, you learn something new every day, and certainly uh, here on Twit, you learn some pretty cool stuff. Um, so how's the show been going for you? Been going well? Oh, yeah, totally. We've been slammed. I mean, everybody, it seems like there's a lot more money in the market. I've been hearing this a lot, that 2009, it was pretty slow. 
at NAB at the show here. And 2010, it started picking up. This year, it's majorly back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody seems to have more projects. There's ad uh, ad revenue is recovering mm -hmm. quite a bit. You can just see it when you watch TV. You have new car commercials coming out, which actually drives a tremendous amount of our business. New car commercials? Oh, yeah, yeah. They drive a lot of our business because what happens is the uh, take, uh, I don't know, ESPN. Okay. ESPN, you're watching uh, Monday Night Football. You've got car commercials that are on there. Well, ESPN then needs to invest in more equipment to be able to continue to expand their offerings. Mm -hmm. So they got to buy more product. And so they buy our product and other manufacturers to actually produce more programming. And it's all driven by the advertising revenue that get f fuels the whole broadcast infrastructure. And then it's the consumers that basically pay for those ads because they buy the cars. Mm -hmm. So it's a big cycle. So the consumers yeah. actually are very connected with our business as a result of just really the, the purchases that they take, that they make through the advertising that they see on television and online too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now I read some time ago that Grass Valley acquired Thompson, or the other way around, I can't remember which way it was, but Thompson, which is the parent company of RCA, and it's a huge company by itself, and Grass Valley are now uh, Correct. Uh, interconnected in some way? Well, actually, uh, history is uh, Grass Valley was privately held 51 years ago, mm -hmm. formed by a guy named Doc Hare, and he was in the Bay Area living, and it was too much of a rat race in 50 years ago. Even 50 years ago. So he moved up to a little town called Grass Valley in Northern California. Ah, so yes. Grass Valley, this is a second trivia point, is that Grass Valley is actually the name of a city in Northern California. Where, where I, I've actually visited, and it's a lovely little town. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm a, I've been there for, since 1984. I was able to raise the kids, and, and ah, it's been, oh, it's heaven on earth. I remember driving in hmm. and thinking, I get to work here, I will never complain about work again. <laughs> Certainly not have to worry about traffic jams. Yeah, not so much. There's the traffic light in the middle of town, and it gets a little clogged <laughs> up when the school buses and the kids are going to school and stuff like that. But the, uh, the history is that it went from privately held Tektronics, who many people know that owns a lot of the equipment um, for test and measurement, bought Grass Valley, and right. then they went private. They were held by a private investor, and then Thompson came in a French company and wanted to have a strong broadcast presence. Right. They bought Philips Broadcast, they bought Grass Valley Group mm -hmm. at the time, and several other small companies, bolted them all together into this larger entity called Grass Valley. Mm. Now what's happened was Thompson went through some difficult times and they wanted to focus on some core business. They became, they also owned Technicolor. Right. So Technicolor is actually the official company name now. And they realized that broadcast is not their core business. Right. So they wanted to divest themselves of some non-strategic non assets. Grass Valley was not part of their core business and vision for going forward. So what they did was they started shopping the company around. And just January 1st, it was uh, a new owner. Francisco Partners out of San Francisco is now our owner. Mm -hmm. They're a private equity firm and strongly believes in Grass Valley, the brand, the products, mm -hmm. the market, the technologies, and now they're new, they are our new, our new parent. All hail new overlords. <laughs> good people, good people. I'm sure, I'm sure that's true. It was only a joke, really. Um, so I got a question in the chat room. Um, did, uh, oh, from my wife, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Is she your only person watching? Oh, no, oh, no. Okay. no okay. We've, we've, believe it or not, we've actually had more people watching the live stream here, so I've heard, than we're watching at CES. I couldn't believe that. 
It was great. Amazing, particularly considering that most of the audience here, uh, for our, for us anyway, are consumers, not broadcast professionals. I'm sure we have some, but uh, quite a few, in fact. But uh, it's remarkable the the amount of, uh, of of viewership that we have here at at NAB. So anyway, she asks, um, did did uh, Grass Valley make the levers in the Star Trek movies? <laughs> Now, you see, I'm more of a Trekker than I am a Star Wars guy. Oh, okay. So I would want to know okay. that, and that's probably why she's asking uh, Okay. You know, I don't think so. Okay. I think they were custom-made for their sets. Okay. That was more of a set set design thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah understood. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, look at that. Hey, we have somebody in the chat room who's in Grass Valley right now. So they're right down the street. Wow. Hi, guys. <laughs> How you doing? You know, one How's thing. How's the weather? Is it still snowing? Ooh, was it snowing? Oh yeah, it's been a long. It's kind of up there in the in the Sierras, isn't it's it? It's about twenty five hundred foot elevation. The, the thing about Grass Valley, which is so great, is we get four seasons. Hmm. We get some in winter. California. That's almost unheard of. Yeah, yeah, entirely. It's yeah, great. that's great. One one thing I have to thank you about uh, here at NAB is that, as I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you actually arranged to have the overhead lights at this end of South Hall turned off. That was uh, our Marcom manager, Kara Martin, who has a lot of influence with what happens here. That, that was incredible because it really allows our lighting to work better. Uh, it, it makes your, oh, it, oh, look at that. Oh, and here we, okay, now we're taking a look at uh, the floor of the South Hall, and you can see that it's kind of dramatic. Uh, the gr Grass Valley, of course, your, your whole thematic color scheme is green, mm. which makes total sense. Um, and here we are coming up on the uh, twit, stage our skybox to NAB at the South Hall and uh, the lighting that we that we brought uh, is under our control and uh, we had a little problem with this at CES with the lights overhead and so we really appreciate uh, Grass Valley going to the effort to, to uh, turning off the, the lights above which I understand cost a little money anything to help out twit TV <laughs> Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much for stopping by and for turning off the lights and uh, for all the great work you've done for the last 50 years uh, from Grass Valley. Uh, uh, Scott Murray, whose name I certainly will not forget. Thank you, Scott. Okay. Well, listen, it's just about 11 o'clock, and that means it's just about time to wrap up our coverage here at NAB 2011. Um, I do want to thank our sponsors for this coverage, Netflix, uh, Squarespace, Ford Explorer, Gazelle, Audible, FreshBooks, GoToMeeting and GoToAssist, and Hover.com. Uh, they have all been instrumental in providing the support we need to bring you this uh, incredible coverage that I have been very honored and privileged to be a part of. I also want to thank the entire TWIT crew, uh, without whom we certainly could not do any of what you have seen over the last four days. Uh, Lisa Kensell, the CEO of TWIT, uh, Eileen Rivera, the supervising producer here at the show, uh, Alex Gumpels running the uh, TriCaster board, uh, Burke McQuinn is our streaming engineer, Colin Weir, oh no, uh, Colin Weir is our streaming engineer, Burke, Burke McQuinn is uh, another engineer, we do need a little bit of engineering help around here, that's for sure. Uh, Tony Wang is editing the shows for posting. 
Uh, Brent Bai and Hilton Goring are our great camera guys. They are doing the heavy lifting, I'll tell you that for sure. Uh, Lin Fu is our event producer, and Liz Romero is our production assistant. And uh, so it's been a wonderful crew, a wonderful time here at NAB. Uh, and Big John at the cottage. Sorry? Big John at the cottage. Oh, of course, John Slanina. How can we forget Jammer B, who has been running things at the cottage where the stream from... Oh, look, and here comes the whole crew. Yes, come on, please, come on to the stage. Yeah. No, wait, do you twit thing? Oh, the twit. And there goes Hilton on his cell phone and, and <laughs> going down the You're stairs. Big C. Big C. Come on, Brent. <laughs> yeah, come on, get in here. Brent, get, get, in, in, the, get in the picture. Yeah, look at this. You know, you see me and you see Leo and you see Alex and a couple of people on camera, but you rarely see all these folks who who have really made this coverage possible. And I can't thank them enough for such a wonderful job. It's a privilege to be a part of Team Twit. And uh, yes, yeah, we should all give ourselves the biggest applause indeed. Yes. Uh, all right. Reverb Mike says, <laughs> Reverb Mike in the chat room says, greeting to the sleep-deprived crew. <laughs> yes. You know what? Dark circles, you can cover up with makeup. You're all good. That's all good. That's Liveliness. Yeah, Jammer, Jammer B should have... Visine! <laughs> we had a great dinner last night, all of us, at, uh, at the Hilton, um, and... Uh, Got a little crazy, and uh, there was a little party afterwards. Which, it was uh, lively. It is lively, shall we say? Lively. With uh, Bob and Sarah Heil, uh, our hosts at the party last night. I hope you tuned in for that. And uh, what's that? Oh, I'm just talking about how Leo has some very interesting photos. Oh, <laughs> on his camera now. Yes, Leo's yes. Camera. Leo's camera, which Liz has uh, has custody of until they get back to the cottage, <laughs> and there are some interesting photos on there, which uh, I'm sure uh, Leo will be able to. Uh, and video, we, you know, we do. Video. Oh, that's true. That's true. He had a 5D, which uh, does some nice video, and um, so I'm sure he'll be able to get that back with an appropriate. Uh, Eventually. Yes. yes. <laughs> After some editing done. <laughs> Yes, we must edit some of that first, <laughs> indeed. Anyway, thank you all for watching. Uh, it's been great. Uh, we have enjoyed bringing this to you. We certainly hope you have enjoyed watching it. And now I think it's time to throw it back to Leo Laporte, who's already back in the cottage, ready to do security. It's running late. It's okay. It's running late? <laughs> yeah, it's okay, though. Uh, uh, oh, we're, we're going to show more NAB uh, from the last couple days. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to say goodbye. We're going to show you a little bit from NAB for the last uh, couple days. Uh, and Leo's coming up pretty soon with security uh, with security now, uh, back to our regularly scheduled programming uh, after a bit of uh, review from our uh, four days here at NAB. So uh, to all, farewell. Which one is it? Is that one, eh? Oh, wait. I don't know. That one. Bye.